on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Mad Nick returned triumphantly after another round of Ahsoka predictions rang truer than Hammer Guy from Andor. They'll fully put that love letter of an Ahsoka episode to bed before kicking off the pregame for episode 6, in which they'll lay down some of their most risky predictions to date. Will Anakin be featured again? Was he a ghost? A vision? All of this and more will be answered by the dudes. Fear not, they even have some Star Wars movie news to laugh about because it's not like those are ever happening. Of course, the show will end with the question of the week responses and the latest round of top five Star Wars featured on... Punch it, Chewie. Now, everybody, welcome back to the Star Wars Time Show. Woo! What a two weeks it has been to be a Star Wars fan, my friends. I know some of you call us the day late and dollar short podcast, especially when there's a Star Wars show in season because we stick to our guns and we do not change our, our programming date. But you still love us. You still want to hear what we have to say, even though it's getting a bit stale at this point in time. We're talking about Shadow Warrior, a.k.a. S1E5 of the Ahsoka series. So, yes, we're going to do our tried and true, patented, now sometimes stolen deep dive breakdown into that episode. Just to make sure everyone is on the same page and ready for tonight. Because once again... As I scour the Star Wars internet post-excellent Star Wars content, I am left scratching my head like, what, 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 what do people watch or what are people seeing that I am not? Like, let's, let's quit reaching for these, these, these deep ass theories that tie to a three episode arc from animated Star Wars. It's not happening. And if it is happening, it's, it's not going to happen in live action. Maybe, maybe more uh, animated Star Wars or comics, but the whole thing with the father, brother, sister, let's just let it go, okay? Let's let it go, all right? Thank you. The other one Nick I saw, and, and who knows, like, like the best part about Nick and I is we literally do not discuss Star Wars much in between shows. Yeah. So I have no clue... If he has stupid theories or great theories, he has no clue where, where mm-hmm. my head's at on this episode and some of the things. But I can tell him, uh, once again, I saw just some re- really odd stuff. Like, are you guys paying attention? Like, Nick, one thing I want to spend some time on here, and I guess we'll, we'll just kind of scratch the scab. Anakin, a lot of people, for, for some reason, even after episode four and five, and us, again, correctly predicting the episode, telling you exactly what was going to happen in the WBW, almost verbatim, and I still gave you a lesson on his lesson, just in case. But Nick, there's, there's people going, yeah, you guys are stupid. That's, a, that's <laughs> all Ahsoka. That's a vision, just like Luke in the, Dag- the dark side cave on Dagobah. I'm like, huh? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe those people haven't seen Rebels 
or maybe oh no oh no these are these are what i i mean they're making their own content bro i mean they're not they're not just like casuals they're they're putting it out there i'm like no 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 and and real quickly i'll just i'll kind of eliminate this there's at least three direct things said in this episode that counters that theory and, and proves that anakin was indeed force ghost anakin one if this is ahsoka and she is projecting it all how does she know that Anakin's son told him that he would not face him? That's, that's number one. Number two, if she was dreaming it, how did a Force user in Jason Sindula hear a lightsaber duel? Okay, a duel, again, implies more than one. Two, two lightsabers hitting each other. Number three. Minimum. Here's number three, and maybe there's more. <laughs> number three, if... Anakin was just Ahsoka's projection. How did he not remember the Siege of Mandalore battle? Okay, because she would have. He would have. It's his ghost, my friends. Yeah, just, I just, just don't like... Sometimes we need to just take what's given to us as what it is. There's no reason to dig deeper or to try and get an aha. What was that, Nick? Yeah, I just don't, I don't know, like, what else it would be. Like, I don't know what people are trying well, to, like, it's, it's push the, as their theory. From what, I, from what I gathered, Nick, it's they're thinking it's similar to what Luke experienced in the cave on Dagobah when he saw himself as Darth Vader, which was his projections in a dark side cave. He, he did not see, you know, a, a, a force ghost. He was projecting in the cave essentially if you go to the comics yoda he walks through the cave too what the cave did is it would project your inner thoughts and fears and make yeah. you confront them yeah. now I, I could see that technically that that's sort of what ahsoka was going through but it, her fear was never meeting anakin again her fear was becoming anakin becoming yeah. vader anakin that that's what's confusing to me is is like in the dark side cave, there's clearly a reveal where you're like, oh, okay, this is like a like an internal moment with Luke as he like processes a lot of things. Like he's he's processing that his father is Darth Vader. He like literally had just learned that. Like he's processing what this means for him and his journey to become the, you know, potentially the the new Jedi that could that could write the galaxy and everything like that. I mean, this is a completely different circumstance. If anything, you know, I, you could say that maybe this is, you know, this was Ahsoka's like, you know, this is like her her trip down memory lane before she passed away. You know, like as people usually say in current life, you know, when when you're we have a near death moment, then, you know, your eye, your your life flashes before your eyes. You see all of the important moments in your life. I mean, it would be more akin to that than it would be like a dark side cave moment for Luke or, or, or something that Yoda went through in the comics. But it's like, I do think that that Star Wars fans, because there's so much lore and so much history behind the franchise itself that they try to dig too deep too often. And in this one, it's like you said, it's kind of fed right to us. You know, it is, this is the world between worlds. This is actually Anakin coming to her for the first time in force ghost form. Oh yeah. And, and like, trying to explain to her that her life is not defined by his failures. Yes. You know, like 
it, it was it was pretty clear. I mean, obviously, the beginning of it was also like, you know, the reason he kept saying fight was probably like, hey, you're going to die if you don't fight. Yeah, like, I mean, Nick, that, that's yeah, like I think a lot of people don't understand double entendres can mean more than just sexual in, innuendos. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he truly was saying choose to live or die both in physically. the world between worlds and physically like, Hey, are, are you, are you just want to fucking give up? Yeah. Because you've, you've given up on yourself since you realized that I was Darth Vader. Like you've literally stopped living the Ahsoka you were prior to you realizing that I fell. And in one video, I want everyone to watch that listens to this little show. And if you're here with us live, we love you. Go ahead and hit all those likes and all that happy horse shit. Tell a friend, tell your mom, tell your pets. Um, 5 p East YouTube.com Tuesdays or maybe Wednesdays next week. You never know. But that's where we're at. So I found this, Nick, you know, farting around on the Internet like I do on Twitter from a fantastic handle, by the way, on Twitter or Twitter. I'm not going to be one of these people. X, formerly known as Twitter. I'm going to call it fucking Twitter because that's what its URL still says because this fucking idiot doesn't know what he's doing. So over on Twitter, we've got this user, Thrana Del Rey. All right, everyone. Let's let's get a few cheers for that. (laughs) That, That's a fantastic fucking handle. Thrana Del Rey put out this kind of super cut, cut. And listen... You heard it on this show too. I mean, we we weren't super down on it, but you're like Ahsoka is stoic, just, you know, doesn't seem like herself. Well, yeah, no shit. She hasn't been herself since the Rebels episode when she reached out to the Force and realized for the first time since Order sixty six that oh shit, Anakin's presence is still here, but it's Darth Vader. You guys remember that episode? She literally goes unconscious when she realizes that. And this video is a great explainer with words from Filoni himself explaining how Order 66, her perceived Anakin dying during it, and then her realizing that, no, he did not die. The reason I could not feel him in the Force anymore is because he killed Anakin Skywalker and became Darth Vader. And when she realizes that in Rebels, she literally goes unconscious. It fucking breaks the girl. Breaks her until... What we just saw in Shadow Warrior. So she yeah. remains broken for over a decade. And I mean, here, here's the vid, Nick. I'm going to drop it into the chat. People will have it for uh, posterity because we, we regurgitate the chat on the recorded version of this podcast. But everyone, do a little homework. Go check out that, that video. It's fantastic. It should clear up any issues you've had about Ahsoka being portrayed by Rosario in the Mandoverse. Thank you. I mean, it's the same thing that's happening or that happened to Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, look at the beginning of the, of the Kenobi series. He's literally shunted himself away in a cave. He's a a mope. Yeah. Like he is experiencing the same thing that Ahsoka is experiencing, except to a, I mean like for, for Obi-Wan to a much higher degree. I mean, he has much more responsibility in Anakin's fall than Ahsoka does. Oh yeah. Because you know, he was, he was his master. He was the one, and not only that, he was the one that cut him down. And couldn't kill him. Couldn't three. finish like, the damn job, Obi-Wan. Couldn't do it. He and just would have went up and fucking Balin scalded his head like Balin did to the star map. Problem fucking solved. Yeah, over. No more Star Wars. See ya. <laughs> Ahsoka gets over that shit very quickly as a team. She's yeah. done. Done. And I, I think that like a lot of people, you know, want there to be different things. Like, obviously, we all, 
you know, want all of all of the different eras and all the different parts of Star Wars to link together and, and make like a nice little, uh, you know, an image that we can all look at and, and say like, oh, look, this is from Clone Wars all the way to Rebels, all the way to Ahsoka now. But realistically, the Mortis arc that everybody is trying to, to link this to is just not something that we're probably ever going to see brought into clearer effect in live action. And it may never be explored again just because it's such a heady concept. And even within that, like even within that three episode arc, there was, there was proof put behind the fact that Anakin would never fulfill the mantle on which he was supposed to in that triumvirate. So, you know, I, I understand that it's like a, a really cool and, and mostly ignored part of star Wars history now but this isn't where it's going to be resurrected or this no, is not that, it, you know, it, where it's going to be brought And back, listen, so. we're not sitting here like, Ugh. I understand it's all canon and I enjoy that type of shit that gets way out into the weeds. It's just, it's never going to make it into live action, especially these short form. And they are short form. I mean, the, the, the longest episodes we get might be 42 minutes, eight episodes for a season. You, there's just not time yeah. to dive into that, to, to go out into left field, if you will, of Star Wars. So yeah. I, mean, I dig if- it. It's all fun. It's all neat. I, I, you can kind of understand George was really trying to get almost uh religious religious with it but i just i I don't think he ever (laughs) saw it much past that arc it was i i think what nick said it was just to kind of set up like even though anakin in my mind anakin should have became the father the the true balance between the light and the dark but i know a lot of people want him to want him to be the brother and ahsoka the sister and i know the sister sacrificed for ahsoka and yada 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 it's not going to be explored Yeah. And like, if you just look at, like you said, Matt, you know, the, the position, like where, what positionally would he be? Like, would he be the father? The, the, if he's the true chosen one, he's he's the fucking guy, right? Like he's the guy. But the the thing is, is like, he, he isn't a balance between the light and the dark. Like he was, he, he had fallen to the dark side after being, you know, a part of the light side for a bit. But he was he was neither the paragon of the light or like this this overwhelming figure of the dark either. He was just kind of in the middle on both. And it's not like he he was the true embodiment of of like neutral ground force usage. And he's not dark enough to be the brother and he's not light enough to be the daughter. Like it's like. Unfortunately, for those of you who are trying to to like fit him into this Paragon triangle, he doesn't fit anywhere. Like Qui-Gon Jinn would fit better as the father than he would. And anybody <laughs> would fit. Darth Maul's yeah, the like, bro. D- Darth Maul And Ahsoka probably should as, be the sister. Yes, I'll, yeah. I'll give that. I'll give her that. She so, is light as fuck. Yeah. So realistically, Anakin just doesn't have a space where he fits well in that in that triangle. I, I mean, Nick, check this out. I I. Like you said, I mean, I, I do. He he did, according to George, and this is on tape too. He did fulfill the prophecy. Okay, he is the chosen one. He did bring balance until somehow Palpatine returned because he killed Vader and Palpatine. Okay, Sith were gone, but then hey, we need to make more money, so they're not really, and we're going to continue things. We we get all and that. Like, like, like it's a shame, yeah. but 
I I do feel like in in this episode to kind of bring things back to the to the present, he showcased that he is extremely balanced now. I mean, he can literally with the flip of his finger channel his Vader persona or his righteousness in, in Anakin. Yeah, so he, in, he has kind of mastered the balance of the force <laughs> at this point in time. But again, this is this is many, many years after the force was trying to give him lessons when he yeah, was living. And, and the motherfucker's already dead. So yeah, yeah good good for <laughs> him. Know. He figured it out after he murdered millions and then essentially killed himself yeah. and his boss. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yes, Anakin Skywalker is an extremely important part of star wars but guess what's not an extremely important part of star wars the mortis arc it just right. isn't <laughs> like and again hey listen i, I know you die hard you're like well oh, he's got we know her shit and i respect it and like I, said, I dig that lore i really do but it's just it we got to understand that stuff is not going to see the light of day i mean th- th- there's a chance just like we dropped in our clip from last week's show there's a chance we're not going to see one of the main fucking characters from star wars rebels in this series and we had Many opportunities where it would have made complete sense. So if you're not going to get a look at, at Zebarelios in this show, you're not even going to sniff Mortis stuff. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Not I mean, close. they were like, did you see their eyes? It was more like the brother. I'm like, what the fuck like- do you people pay attention to? Like, quit watching whoever the fuck is out there on the Internet telling you this shit. I know yeah, a lot of people don't like listening to us, but we're not that fucking bad. Go look at some of our predictions. Look at our speculations. We are fucking killing it. And then also, like, if he is the father and Ahsoka is the daughter, then who's the brother? Because Jason Sindula. Like, who? <laughs> who's, the, who's the dark side guy? You need three of them. Like, you, there needs to be three. And from what I can remember... Only one of the three died in that arc. Like the sister. It, yeah, exactly. So there's two of them still alive. So. The, the only Nick, the only thing from that that makes it into live action is, is Morai, which is oh, essentially yeah. the, the, the spirit of the sister. That's yeah, it. That's yeah. the only thing the, I can Like if, if we see a fucking Star Wars owl floating around, okay, that's Dave's tip of the hat to you all wanting the Mortis shit, but they are not going to dive into it, especially not now. I mean, we, we got three episodes left and we just spent a full episode with the good guys. So what do you think we're getting this week? Okay, we got to get back to look. We got to get back to my girl. I even got a shirt of her now. We went a week with no Shin, no Balin, no yeah. Morgan, no Sabine. It's also, this isn't Anakin Skywalker's show. Like they're, they're, they're not going to like take a detour off of the show that they're making to like get like to, to do this really roundabout story about Anakin Skywalker becoming right. the father it, or it, whichever it, just, one you it, want to put him it's on. It's like we said, and, and I, I, I'm not, Hey, I'm not trying to yell at everyone today. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to rein it in, but it, it's the, it's the, the day old problem with star Wars fans. It's this head cannon shit, writing your own scripts. And then if one little thing seems to fit your agenda, you're like, see, See, <laughs> and I don't oh, here we see go. How this fits we, the agenda, but okay. <laughs> we got League saying, "I thought Ezra." No, 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 definitely not Ezra. He's not mixed into that triumvirate either. Let's just, Ezra. All Ezra's that stuff cool is character. is left on Mortis. All right, all that stuff yeah. is hanging out in Mortis with the fucking Force planets and all that shit. 
Ezra is a really cool character. Ezra is barely a fucking Jedi. Like, let's just be real. Like, it's awesome that he's the character that he is and that he's had the journey that he had through Star Wars Rebels and, and stuff like that. He's barely a Jedi. Like, he is probably, if you're, if you're just You might going say that. The, he's a better fucking Jedi than Cal fucking Kestis, I can tell you that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but he's like, he's like a C-tier Jedi. Like, I'm just oh. like, I, I'm not trying to like shit on shit on Ezra, oh. but you can go back through Someone the history of shit. force users and Ezra <laughs> is a C tier Jedi. Oh. And, and that's oh. just the fact of it. He had shit training from somebody who wasn't even a master from the, star, from, from the, uh, go, from Nick, the grand go. Republic. Go, Nick, go. And the, like the most that he could do is communicate with the Pergil <laughs> through the force. It's like, I, I love I understand. that Nick has reduced Ezra's accomplishment of essentially saving the galaxy from Thrawn to, hey, he's a fucking slapdick mediocre boss. He is. He is. And he wouldn't I have done it. shit to Thrawn Flame if throw the fucking him. whales wouldn't have come. <laughs> Let's just be real. Oh, you, could yeah. put, you could put any Jedi that is master tier, even low master Jedis, like, from the Grand Republic in that ship with Thrawn and Thrawn's dead in 15 minutes. Like he needs to bring force whales to help him. And they ported them out of the galaxy. Like he I definitely shouldn't have given his lightsaber to Sabine. That's for sure. It's just like, I understand that like we build attachments to characters <laughs> through shows and like, that's the entire purpose of it. But not everybody that is the main character of a show is the best Jedi ever, or even a top five Jedi. There are so many Jedi that I could name off the top of my head that are better than Ezra. And it's not a bad thing hey, that he's not the best. Isn't that a band people- or a song better than Ezra? It is. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's not like it's okay for them to not be the paragon of the Jedi or of the, the, the light side of so the force. So you're saying Ezra's every, just a dude, right? He's just Ezra's, a dude. Ezra's a, he's a Jedi. Like he's a Jedi. <laughs> like many other Jedi were Jedi. Like, I love it. I love it. Hey, where, just, where's everyone at? Just, where's everyone at? Come on. When I say shit, you guys like jump down my throat. No one. It's gone silent. Nick just flamed—he just flamethrowed your your Ezra who, hero, everyone. Please tell me that, like, how is he more of a paragon of the Jedi than Grandmaster Yoda, or than than anybody from the High Republic, or yeah, anybody yeah, yeah. from the Old Republic, I, I, or any of Nick these master tier Jedi's that had been around for much longer right. than him, knew much more about the Force, were more powerful in the Force, and especially for those who weren't around in the Grand Republic, they kept the Jedi Order solid for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And people are saying that this kid who was around for what, 10, maybe even less as a Jedi, like, well, surely less oh, as dude, a Jedi. May, maybe like three years, if that, three or four Yeah, tops. like he, he's a Jedi. He's kind of a Jedi for three years. And it's in a show that a lot of people like. 
but he's not that type of force user. He was a, he was the force user that the galaxy needed at that time. Right. He's but a he's hero. not the force user that is the paragon right. of the light side. So, I mean, so just in on. case anyone thinks Nick's just going for a full troll, he's not. What he's saying is the truth. Like if if you're going to become a part of this triumvirate, you literally have to be the peak. You have to be peak light side or peak dark side. So he he is not lying. You may not like the way he delivered it, but he is not lying. I love like Ezra. He, he's one of my favorite. Like I said, episode one, I cried when I saw the fucker on screen. I think he's a goddamn hero. And he did more with less than Luke and Leia did. Take that to the fucking bank. But Nick's not wrong. I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't, you know, cut his, he, cut his he's knees a, off. He's a, he, he's a hero of the rebellion yeah. for sure. Is he a hero of the Jedi? But no. he's just a dude. He's not the man. He's he is he's he's a Jedi at a time where Jedi were sparse and the in the things that he did helped to f- like push forward the rebellion against the Empire in a very big way. But he is not some sort of all powerful Jedi that should be listed as the paragon of the light. It's just not even close. Uh, so, it. yeah, I mean, like I, I, I like him as a character. <laughs> he is not that. All right. Sometimes sometimes Star Wars fans need to realize that like the thing that's right in front of their face isn't the most powerful thing on the planet or in the galaxy. Hey, like, and that's why we're here, man. We we learn motherfuckers on a weekly basis. They just need to figure it out. I'm telling you. Although I will I will say this, and this is going to come to a shock to a lot of you, especially if you've been here a while, you understand the type of person I am. The, the, the black void I have in my soul because of my Star Wars narcissism. But for the first time in my life since I was doing this shit, I have found another fan-produced Star Wars podcast that I actually enjoy and do listen to. And it there kills you know. me. It <laughs> kills me to say it as a narcissist. But what our buddy Press Pause Connor is doing over at Beyond the Dune Sea, that's some good shit, okay? You should still watch us first and like our stuff more and promote our stuff. But if you want to not feel guilty cheating on us, that's the uh, podcast to do it. (laughs) A, they're not stupid. Okay. They don't say dumb shit. And B, it's really well produced for short form social media. It really is like they, 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 uh, Connor is using his filmmaker skills perfectly. So Good for them. They got a little pop last week. They just started there. They had one of their videos hit on both IG and TikTok. Sadly, we're, I think we're pretty much dead, dead on TikTok. So I've even stopped doing like story shares. I'm just doing like your, your video for the day and whatever. Uh, Instagram's dead. TikTok seems to be where we can get some attention and YouTube is dead as well. But hey, we're going to press on. Uh, but I wanted to get that out there since we don't have a lot of pop culture shit to talk about. Uh, the only other r- really like non-Star Wars thing. Look, friends, no fucking sling on. All right. Look at that. I'm hitting. This will be it'll be six weeks on Thursday. I almost have decent range of motion. I ran a fucking 5K on Saturday because that's what you do. Right. I, I forget. What's it? There's a guy. I think it was a philosopher, Rumi or something. And he said the, it's something like the cure to pain is in the pain. And I fucking live by that mantra. If you ever get hurt and you just sit around and feel sorry for yourself, you're not going to heal as quickly. Yeah, get out there and fucking push it. So I did my first ever 5K, no sling with a five week busted bone. 
Let me nice. tell you how smart that was. <laughs> By Sunday, <laughs> dude. By Sunday, I was like, I think my fucking arm is going to detach, but it's all good. It was fun. I like that. I might do some more 5Ks. It, the best part is, Nick, zero training, drank beer Friday night, <laughs> didn't eat before the race, <laughs> kept my fast going, and, and still managed to, and I'm not a runner at all, still managed to average, uh, it, was, it was 11 minute, 30 second miles. So Nice. Not not bad for a short fatso who hates running and is essentially Gimli. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go ahead and fire up two towers. The line he spits to Legolas, that that again is another mantra. I believe in. built for short distance. That's right. I, I I'll, you know <laughs> sprint fine. If you you want me to run more than 400 meters, see you later. I'm no elf. Ah, all right, dude. Well, that that was a nice little opening segment. I feel like we're ready now. Uh, I wish I could talk about Ezra. I, I guess the one thing I'll tease you all on, and please run with this if if you want to, we're going to see three forms, okay? There you go. I'll give you that little nugget. I don't think my source would be upset with that. But we're going to see the man in three forms, and each form is very unique from the other, and the one form is going to be super cool, okay? It'll make a lot of sense, too, I think, once the story hits, too, why he was in these different forms. So I'll leave you at that. But, Nick, let's let's get into it, man, because like I said at the opening of this episode, episode 278 here on the SWTS, uh, we really have had, over the past two weeks, some of the best Star Wars content ever to come out. Uh, it, it, it feels great to be a fan. It feels great to be a diehard fanboy again. It, it's, it's just nice to feel like the universe as a whole is behind a Star Wars project for the first time in like almost 20 years. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just fun, right? Isn't it fun, people, to like have fun with Star Wars rather than fucking pick everything apart about it and shit on it? I know some of you still had to get out there and do your diagrams of clone armor and whatnot. And it's like, okay, they did look a little wonky, but that's just because we're used to seeing computer versions all the time. I would say, though, you know, if you are going to do a scene with live action phase ones, maybe cast some dudes that are in shape. Uh, I felt like a lot of those clones were a bunch of fucking fat asses from the 501st that just, you know, volunteered and no disrespect to that group. They do a lot of great things, but a lot of them are fucking out of shape slobs. And I, I don't know about you, but then you think sometimes like the clones running by, you're like, hey, guys, why don't you fucking cut down on the fucking space donuts or something? Dude, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't look at the physique of the clones for a second. OK, like not, well, yeah, not yeah, even it's, for it, a second. It, it, I, I also <laughs> watched the episode a few times. So, I mean, I, I you know, after the first screening, I, I start to like drill in the stuff. Uh, but if the you haven't only noticed, clones that I looked at, I looked at the three thirty second helmet, and I was like, "Ooh, that's sweet." And I looked at Rex, and Rex. I was like, "There we go." That's well, don't all worry. I they had all sorts of beef <laughs> with Rex. Apparently, his, um, you know, his his ammo, whatever the fuck it is on his chest, is too big, and apparently, some of his armor was backwards. It's like, who's the fucking weirdo now? Like, if you, if you can look at a clone and be like, "Hey, his his fucking arm things turned around," like, is it me who breaks who breaks fake stuff apart? Or is or, it like that person? <laughs> is it also possible that they're in the middle of a battlefield and they're running and they're getting hit by shit and falling on the ground and armor shifts? Is that yeah. a possibility? Have you I, ever I, worn I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, listen, I am pretty <laughs> much a, a Kool-Aid drinker when it comes to Star Wars. But when I when I saw some of those clones, I was like, Christ, like, just make me taller, God. 
I could fucking strap on some armor and not look like some fucking slobby male in his 40s or 50s. But anyways, that, that's not why we're here. We don't focus on that type of shit. We focus on the good stuff. So, Nick, what say you about S1E5 Shadow Warrior? It was good stuff. It was good stuff. It was not my favorite. I'll put that out there right away just Ooh. so people know my my stance on things. Nick's I think going for shock four, factor today. I could tell. I, I still think that episode four is my favorite. Um, just because like I loved seeing Anakin Skywalker. I really did. It was great to like get, you know, to basically see like Ahsoka get mentally fixed after all of the the trauma that she's been through and and like really being able to set her back on the correct path that she needs to be on. But just in terms of like pure content for this show. And in furthering of plot lines that I'm like super interested in, I think that episode four was the better episode. Um, I, on in this one in particular, obviously, like the highlight is just seeing Hayden really embody Anakin Skywalker again for the first time. And in, in isn't a it long a thing time. of beauty to see this guy like actually? I know I've had a lot of people come to me and be like, "Hey, dude, that's." George said he acted exactly how George wanted to act. And he's like, that's the problem. That's the, yeah, that's the problem. George is doesn't that, know how people should act. Yeah, it's like George is a fantastic story writer, yes, universe builder, I love the man. everything like that. As a, as, a, as a director for an actor, he says, did you read what I wrote on the paper? Good job. Let's go. Yep. Like he does not understand the nuance of performance as much as other people do. And that's, you know, it's not a knock on him. It's just that's not one of his no, that, more that, highlightable his, skills. It's not his specialty. Like, I mean, just just go watch those documentaries that, that came out on Disney Plus about, you know, the making of the original trilogy uh, or the kind of the, the other expose that came out on Vice. I mean, it, it, it's kind of a thing that George was awkward. <laughs> like, just a thing. OK, he, he he listen to Harrison Ford, listen to Mark Hamill, listen to Carrie. They, they all kind of said something similar. Like, you want me to read this shit? Yep. OK, that's and I it. I think that like with like the reason why. Well, obviously, the reason why the OT was a little bit more like a little less rigid in terms of acting is because he didn't direct two of them. It was Kirshner and Mark and and then he wasn't George Lucas at that time. Like nobody was looking at him and being like, oh, well, I can't tell George anything because right. George Lucas at that time was what? THX 1186 and then American graffiti, American graffiti. No, dude, like, he, no. he was getting told what to do by everybody. Even yeah. even his wife ended up essentially telling him, no, Obi-Wan should do this. Obi-Wan should be that. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, he, he was not the omnipresent power that he eventually became by the prequels yeah by, by the prequels it's like nobody's telling george anything right and like, that's no, why like, we have the prequels yeah so like it's okay that he's not the best director it's just you have to understand that he's not the best director and when you put the same actors in front of a different director you're gonna get better performances sometimes and in this instance i think this is the this is the true you know, this is the highest high of Anakin of Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker that we've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, Nick, uh, in, in my notes here, best live action Anakin to date. It's not yeah. even close. Yeah, one hundred percent. This 100%. is the guy when I was fucking. What, what would I have been? Twenty uh, clones came out in twenty two. This was the guy. This was the motherfucker. At least by Revenge of the Sith, I was expecting to see that Anakin. 
But no, yeah, it, I mean, it took a while. Was... We got him. I'm not going to sit here and bitch and moan. We finally got him, but it took almost 20 fucking years. Yeah, he was on fire. And I mean, even by Hayden's own admission, like he went back and watched some of the Clone Wars to see what James Arnold Taylor did during that time period to like really, oh, yeah. you know, incorporate what he did in the live action, but also bring a different side of Anakin out that you didn't get to see in live action. I mean, dude, even so his he... inflections were matching the animated version of the character. Exactly. So like he, like even aside from the direction, you know, he did a lot of Hayden. He did a lot of studying up on his own character from other people who played him for even longer than he did. So I think that just, there was a lot more, uh, content that, that Hayden could take in and really understand who Anakin is as a character. Now, aside from just like, you know, what was on the paper during the scripts for the prequel trilogy and what George was telling him. And he also just had somebody behind the camera who understands nuance in acting direction a little bit better and that's why you got this performance that was really just top notch you know no complaints from me in terms of how uh both the anakin side and the vader side were played by um you know by hayden and yeah i mean you you took another one right out of the notes here hayden fucking killing it between the anakins It, it just it was seamless that transition he did on mandalore and then back when they were back in the wbw some people look at that, eh, eh. that's fucking acting people. Like, like when, when you can get people to buy into the emotions of a character without any dialogue, just using your facial expressions, that's top-notch shit. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm with you, dude. Hayden, clearly the all-star. Uh, Rosario obviously has to get, you know, a second billing there when we're, when we're naming all-stars of the episode. She really embodied the reborn ahsoka and then we we got to talk about uh what is it ariana greenblatt jesus christ Mm -hmm. i mean fantastic little actress but i think the thing that stood out the most to me is like we finally got to see how young ahsoka was during the fucking war i mean she was a goddamn kid she was 14 when it started 17 when it ended and you finally get to see it because animation you can't she never felt that young, you know? I mean, obviously she looked real young in the movie because he made her look real tiny and very questionable outfits, perverts. But um, you just, you didn't understand how young she is. You really got to take that in, in those live action retellings of the Clone Wars. It's like, Christ, Ahsoka was a fucking baby going through this shit. She trained her whole life to be a keeper of the peace. And then once she gets into it and gets her master, it's right into, nope, fuck that. You need to be yeah. a fucking warrior. And what were you I, doing at 14? Right. Like, just think v- about that. Like, when she's I was leading, years she's old, leading battalions of clones. Yeah. Like when I'm 14 years old, I'm what, like my freshman, sophomore year of high school. Exactly. I like, I can't drive. I can't do anything that adults can do. I'm like, have my no. first girlfriend ever. Yeah. All, this, dude, all, all I could think about was, there was getting laid battles. or jerking off. That's it. Like that, that, that was 14 year old Matt. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Now I can think straight for a few more minutes. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, naked girl. Blah, 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 blah. So, uh, yeah. I, r- great stuff there. I, I mean, really. It was a 10 out of a 10. Doesn't get much better than this. Fantastic through and through. I, I really like how Jason was used kind of as a, a, a vehicle to a, a vehicle of discovery. 
you know, to really tap more into, all right, this dude's definitely got some middies floating around in his blood, uh, really kind of bringing him into the fold instead of just being a little shithead side character kid. Really dug that. I, I thought the world between worlds was used perfectly. You didn't get into any bullshit explainers. It made complete sense why it was the venue. I mean, l- let's be real. She was she was near dead, just like I told she you. She was all between worlds. She yeah, was she, between life and death. Right, truly, just, just <laughs> like, think about what it's called. So yes, I do think without a gate, a a dead or soon to be fully dead force user can get into the world between worlds. Um, and I liked how he used it to teach her the lesson through time like hey look let's go back to where we started this is who you were remember you you were caring compassionate then you became a warrior what i wanted you to be and then i fucked up and you completely fucking broke yourself because of me so let's get that corrected thank you we need you to let go of that shit and we you need to understand that i'm still that i love that line he's like listen man I'm still fucking Anakin Skywalker. I'm still fucking awesome. <laughs> that was great. And that, that is vintage Anakin Skywalker, by the way. Like, even after committing the atrocities he committed as Vader, he's still like, listen, motherfucker. Yeah, I fucked up. But I'm still me. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I still I'm still can't. the chosen one, Yeah, baby. I still you did some great... Away. I still did some great shit. And by the way, it wasn't my slapdick son, ultimately. I'm the one... That brought balance back to the force. So I, I, I thought that was perfect. I don't know if anyone picked up on that, but that is the arrogance of Anakin Skywalker that ultimately, you know, got him in trouble. But it was funny that even in all the destruction, trying to teach a lesson, he's still like, you know what? I'm fucking great. So you are too. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, what else we got? Yeah, Hayden was masterful. Nick said that. The, the switch was just fucking brilliant. I really did dig the visuals, even though I poked fun at, at the clones. You know, they looked a little fat and dopey. Oh, well. But I, I'm not I'm not going to lie. When I, when I was seeing those scenes and you see Hayden in the armor and then you see live action snips and her talking, I got the feels. I was like, my God, this is fucking beautiful. Yeah. For, I mean, for the fa- like, for someone like me that put in all this time, all the years watching the cartoons, it's just, it's fucking art. It was one of the things that like, it took the most delicate touch to be able to do it well. And, and Filoni really just kind of brought it home perfectly. Um, I mean, obviously they nailed the look and feel of the characters, but they also nailed essentially regressing both Anakin and Ahsoka to that time in their lives, you know, like not only physically, but just like emotionally, especially for Ahsoka, like, like experiencing those battles again for the first time and like really understanding, like looking at it through a new lens and understanding like the impact that it had on her life moving forward. Cause that's one thing that is just like outside of star Wars. Like whenever you're put in situations like that, you don't have like, like beings of like sentient beings don't have the ability to process like traumatic moments like that in the moment. So her like Anakin taking her back through those moments, her understanding the effect that it had on her life and understanding how she went from who she was as snips. The first time that we met her in the clone Wars movie to who she is now and and truly being able to process her journey as like from a teenager to an adult 
and like understand how all of the things that happened in her life has let her have led her up to this moment and, and truly being able to understand and process that it was, it was a beautiful like piece of art that we saw in episode five with these scenes. Yeah, it's great. And, and Connor here, you just reminded me of how, how stupid people are. <laughs> this is a, this is one I did not know about Nick here, but apparently there's a large section of the fandom that thought this episode took place during the clone wars. I, uh, I, did, I, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck? Now, is it a surprise to anyone that, you know, this country in particular is a dumpster fire? We can't even process science fiction anymore. <laughs> you think motherfuckers can be able to navigate the real world with all the misinformation and bullshit out there? Christ. End it. Send the goddamn asteroid. Where are the aliens? They're saying they're real. We saw bodies last week. Just fucking take us over. Please. Yeah, I just, Please. Like, I, under, I understand that, like, that's what you saw. Like, you saw the Clone Wars, but it didn't take place during the Clone Wars. Like, I thought it was pretty clear that we were I doing mean, a little bit of, like, fuck you know. Fuck me. She literally falls through the stuff. floor and it trans... Oh, whatever. I mean, like, literally, Star Wars could be one of the most remedial fan bases in the galaxy. Like, come on. What the fuck? I know he said he made it for kids, but are kids really watching it and asking these types of questions? No, it's the fucking adults. Fuck. Yeah, man, it's, it's, a, Damn. it's a question for sure. All right. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to go through this one. How do I line out the screens here? Yeah, by the way, check out, check out our breakdown. It's nice and long. I also cut out the, the lesson part for people that didn't quite pick up on what that was. I mean, I, I thought the lesson was pretty clear. Uh, we literally speculated exactly what it was going to be, and then I recapped it for you now with context. So you can check that out as well. I, I don't know if we really need to spend a ton of time on that now. There, there's so many lesson videos out there. And even when you tell them exactly what it meant, they're still like, nah, you're wrong. It was this, that, and the other thing. So who gives a shit? It was a very clear lesson. It had double meaning throughout the entire episode, live or die, truly. Are you, do you want to live or die? And really, one thing I wrote, that, wrote down when he kept asking that question, and it makes a ton of sense that someone like him would ask that. I mean, what did he do to himself when he chose darkness? He killed himself, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is what this is a lesson that we learned in Kenobi. I mean, like we knew it yeah. all along. Anakin literally like, says, in, "You didn't. Uh, it's you, not your fault, bro. I killed him." Yeah, exactly. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. That was his line to his former master, to Obi Wan Kenobi, as they're fighting in the series. Like, if it's not that, like, it can't be much more clear than that. Yeah, like, I mean, he, it's, he's, he's <laughs> it's literally a reference to his own moment when he chose. To kill his his good side and become Vader, and, and and what what was he? He pressed her all the way up until she was channeling the dark side. You know, I was sitting there back. I, I looked at it close to this and that. I zoomed in. I, I her eyes went Sith. Okay, I know. I know her contacts are white, but they. I'm telling you, it's a it's a very orange change. And then she chooses to live. It goes away. There's a difference between her and Anakin when he had his choice. He chose to die and succumb to the dark side, his rage and whatnot. She did not. She chose to live. His lesson finally paid off. He did the old, okay, I'm back. Thank you. I wish, we, I, wish I didn't have to take the Vader, but you were so fucking hung up on that aspect of my legacy that we had to go there. Now that you've beaten that side and I've told you, that it's not all that bad. You two were great, and you can still be great. 
Now you are reborn. Thank you. You can love me. You can't have good feelings about me. It's okay, even though I became this big piece of shit that seriously blanked out your mind for a decade. <sighs> so there you go. There's a lesson shortened. But based on the way I have the screens here, Nick, let's go ahead and start with... Fuck. Forget it. <laughs> I guess top moments. <laughs> no. Uh, eggs. References. Yes. All right. So, um, Nick, when hair is there, you know, hanging out with my boy again... Huang, great moments in this episode. He truly is an all-star. But to her little uh, scanner thing, that's what Han and or Luke were using on Hoth, I believe, right? That, that's like yeah. a, a rebel scanner. So, yeah, we, we yes. got that taken yes. care of. The big shit is out of the way. Uh, good stuff here from, from Teva, right? We, um, we, we got a great—this th- is the type of lore I love. Just a, and it's what I asked for, Nick. Okay, we didn't get the hologram, but what did we get? We got some insights into what the senator is up to, and I'm talking about the good senator, the, the best the senator, senator, as Nick said, the senator Organa. So not only did we learn through literally one line of dialogue from Tava that Leia is still in the Senate, but she is already rebel rousing in the Senate and supporting the resistance. See what I did there? She's supporting the early resistance. All right. Love that. Okay. It's just little, little shit like that. I mean, that, that, again, why this episode kicked ass. Then sticking with Tiva, what do we get? We get another little drop, one we've all been waiting for. We saw the picture, even though it wasn't purposeful. If you had a keen eye, you saw it. But they finally ripped the scab off Nick, and they dropped the name. Yeah, hell, yeah, he can do that because his dad's a fucking Jedi Master, Kanan Jarrus. Kanan. It it, it was good to hear his name spoken. That's all we need. We don't need ghosts or force talk or force walkie-talkie. That's all we needed, so thank you, Hu Yang and Tava. Yeah, good shit. Very obvious one here, but, you know, we get all the stuff in the flashback. Our exclusive pays off. We got the four versions of Ahsoka now. Just like I told you last week, she was going to come out the white. It's almost like I know what I'm talking about. Fuck off to everybody that thinks they're better. You're not. (laughs) But look, I mean, she's in her Clone Wars garb. We got the dude in his General Skywalker garb. I mean, it was reference central. You you could possibly call these Easter eggs because a lot of people have not seen the animated series. But those who have, they're showing up here. It's nice little fucking... Um, you know, pumps for us. We got to look at phase one, Captain Rex. He didn't look as bloated in his phase one armor there at the, at the, the, uh, initial, uh, vision. We got phase one clones who were out of shape, dunking donuts before they had to shoot their scene. All great. I mean, there's just so much fucking callback. It was ridiculous. Live action yeah. Maul DeLoreans. The, the Maul DeLorean, I think, looks so cool yeah, in live it, action. It, I, it, it was just such an awesome look that they and they really so well. They really did because there's a lot of people now. I was like, listen, I was like, I wish I, I had the balls to do this because I, I could do this. I just, we got our account deleted for a reason we don't know. But it seems there every other Star Wars account out there can take copyrighted material and just either steal it from other accounts and post it as their own or rip it straight from Lucasfilm. No big deal. But this segment, Nick, and, and her intro and kind of her acrobatics and, and whatnot almost directly mirrors the opening of Siege of Mandalore when she, you know, jumps down, lands, and, and kind of gets to it. Um, 
And, and like I said, you can see that on pretty much every other Star Wars fan account because they can post whatever they want. We cannot. So th- that's why you don't see it on our pages. There she is in her blue, just like we told you, looking fantastic. Ariana Greenblatt for president. That's the other thing, Nick. I, I mean, she was she was she was playing young Ahsoka but as old Ahsoka, like that, that's yeah. a heady, that's a heady so job. She's still, like she still has the memories and Correct. everything of, she's essentially you know, Rosario, the, uh, but not. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, even though she has experienced this before, like clearly she's been through all of these battles and has right. the memories of it. It's the way that she's looking at it. It's the way that she's processing of, yeah, it. It's the way that of, she's understanding it. Right. Decades yeah. of experience have, have passed since though. Uh, exactly. And you gotta remember here, I mean, Siege of Mandalore, she's 17 tops, people. 17 yeah. tops. Uh, and there he is, phase two Rex, and everyone, you know, hates his, his ammo belt there on his tit. Can can Rex not have two ammo belts? Do you think that throughout this entire war, the entire Clone Wars, that this dude only had one ammo belt? Well, you don't it, think it's possible? It, it's that, that it was one... too big, Nick. It's it's too big on his but, chest. But apparently. like, do you think that they just had like? Do you think that the the Republic had the resources to make exact replicas of everything that they have? <laughs> I'm just thinking in terms of like real life. Like if you if you're really gonna get down to like it's too big. What about the fact that like this motherfucker's in a war and that's probably his eighth ammo bag that he's had the there last two See? weeks? <laughs> like, Nick's got an explanation for you people that are too anal about clone armor placement and how really they wear think it. That Rex only had one ammo bag through the entire time. I like it. I like it. War, then you have no idea how real life works. I can't keep a bag that I bought and keep in my house around for more than two months without losing it. And you think that this guy is in the middle of a war being shot at, thrown around, exploded, just has the same ammo bag all the time? Like, come on. No, Nick, he picked this one up off the battlefield from a fallen 332nd clone whose nickname was Tubbs. Get it? There you go. This is from Tubbs. He was, he was the bigger clone. So he, he, of course he had a bigger ammo pouch. Uh, yeah, it, it, either way, there is a second version Rex, the, the Rex that really kind of became the guy for most fans throughout the Clone Wars. I don't know, man. I, I still, even though he kind of, he, he kept the both, he kept the best of both clone phases. I still think I like prefer Rex with his fin, the full fin. I was all. I'm always a fan of the Finn. We think, a, yeah, you going? Finn fan. Okay, all right, me too. All right, that works. <laughs> uh, what else we got here? Siege of Mandalorians. We got all that, and, and like we told you in our exclusive and our prediction, she was reborn as the White, and yes, yep. the, the character is a new. She she is back to Ahsoka, and it makes complete sense. We were all stupid. All right, she she is literally reborn. The guilt has been taken off. She understands that it's okay that she was Anakin's Padawan, even though he has that stink on him. It's okay to still kind of love the guy and appreciate what she learned from him. It's it's okay to be tied to his legacy, even though a lot of it is death and destruction. She is back. She's in her final form, which means she's eventually going to die. But it was nice to see her. I, I thought the costume looked great. Rosario just, it was a completely different character, and that was the point. We love it. Thank you, Anakin. Yeah. All right. Good shit. 
So let's go ahead and now we'll rip through some top moments. And then literally I have a like 55 bullet points of ha that maybe we'll <laughs> touch on. Maybe we won't. But first top moment, Nick, is got to go to my man who Yang. I, I thought that was a beautiful way to kind of kick into the episode. You know, you, they teased it through Hera and, and, and Chopper and, and Jason. But then you, you, you kind of hear rocks falling. You're like, oh, is she just hanging on? And no, it's literally who Yang depressed just sitting yeah. there going they never listen that like mm-hmm. he's literally gutted as a fucking sentient robot he's he's fucking he's feeling it and yeah. he's I, <laughs> I wouldn't even say he's technically sentient but he's he's like he's feeling it like he's, he's having emotions like oh fuck they didn't listen yeah, yeah it, i mean he understands the loss and then just like the fact that he was sitting there and he was holding sabine's helmet was just like it felt so human for yes, something that like, is so not like, human. I like, felt sad for him and, and he made me sad. I was like, well, yeah, I, I'm sad too. When you, when you think about it, who Yang, I know where they're at, but I'm still sad for you because you're sad. So yeah. uh, I, I just, I love this guy. He really, he has moved, he hands down top five droid, if not in the top three. I know I just put chopper up there in the top three, but shit. Who Yang is the dude. He's just like, because he can speak in full, like it's just so much easier to connect with him emotionally. Right. So, well, he is, and I'm going to correct Bat here. He's actually 25,000 years old, Bat, not 2,500. So, yeah, I mean, he's been around like old Republic Republic. shit. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, this, this guy's got knowledge of every single fucking Jedi up until Order 66. I mean, yeah, that, like that's programmatic how dramatic knowledge. That's why he can tell Sabine, like you, you suck. Yeah, you, you blow. I've You're seen like, them all. <laughs> yeah, in twenty five thousand years, he's like, no, you are the worst. Yeah, uh, and the same reason he was able to identify Balin as one of the assailants because he's like, in in all my time, there's only been one hilt built this way, Balin's skull. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's he's an encyclopedia, uh, but he is the man. I mean. He's not a protocol droid. I mean, he's literally a, a Jedi train trainer droid archivist something. Yeah, exactly. Like he that is his designation. Like lightsaber you know, builder. I mean, he he's like everything. Yeah. Mechanic. Yeah, a, we see him working on five. I mean, he he's he's C3PO, he's R2, he's Chopper, all jammed in the one with twenty five thousand years of Jedi lore in his fucking circuits. Yeah. And I I mean, you gotta imagine too that he has to be if if like re- it really comes down to it. He's probably an excellent lightsaber combatant too, just because of all of the teaching he's had yeah, to do. Yeah, just like, it's programmed into him. And by yeah. the way, he's got he can grievous if he wants to. Yeah, I know. He's got two extra arms. They're <laughs> tiny, but they're there. <laughs> yeah, they're like little T Rex back yeah, arms. Little T Rex arms. Uh, yeah, there's, there's there's a shot of him where, you know, Hera discovers him. It was a great shot by Dave. I don't know if he set it up or his DP. It was fantastic, but just they never listen, and you know we we kick into the title cards. A great opening there. Uh, m- moving on, I mean Jesus, pretty much anything in the world between worlds. But I even like the just the the the, the opening, not even into the fight, but the opening where they're right back to their relationship, where they're making fun of each other. He's poking fun at her because she looks old. She's like, you don't even, you know, you look the same. Because well, guess what. Nick you and I were right. <laughs> I just watched the, the video again today as George was trying to explain that shitty edit in Return of the Jedi. He's like, no, they would go back to their their Prime. form when they killed their light side. So, yes, 
Uh, it's just, I know we wanted crispy Anakin, but it's just before that. It's going to be <laughs> long hair mullet boy uh, yeah. Anakin. So, but I, it's I just. the one where he's kneeling on the ground crying exactly. before he. he what gives have I done? To the dark side. <laughs> he should just be persistently crying. That it, should be like his he's thing. the cowardly lion or some shit. Yeah. Uh, so Nick, I did, it was like, there they are. There's the fucking characters from the cartoons right on our screen as flesh and blood. And, and Rosario and Hayden didn't miss a fucking beat. Just like Nick said. Uh, I mean, we know Rosario has studied Ashley in, in the animated, but now it's, it's confirmed. I mean, Hayden definitely channeled Lanter. He channeled sometimes even how they would animate him and, and how Anakin would walk in his arm or move the turns you know, there's so many parallel shots of these two that you can compare to the animated series where they're, you know, the one where they got their hands crossed and they're looking at each other. I mean, direct shot from the Siege of Mandalore arc. Just just fucking kick ass. Fucking A. It, it, it's, it's like everyone coming out of the woodwork again. Oh, Dave Filoni's God. Dave, hey, Dave Filoni's been at Disney Star Wars since it was fucking sold, people. So all you dumb fucks that keep, oh, I hate Disney Star Wars. That's fucking Dave! Will you quit being selective with your hate you either fucking hate it or you don't just come out and say why you hate star wars we all know what it is mm-hmm. it's that fucking neckbeard racism non-enlightened bullshit you have in your soul has nothing to do with all the other shit you said it does you fucking pussies um but then they get into the fight and you're like jesus christ man hayden has not forgotten a thing that Mr. Gallard taught him. No, he's Nick. I would say he's even better. I would, I would really like, you know, we've talked to, to Nick in the past, but I would really like to see what his thoughts were on that sequence. He'll hate it because he didn't do it. (laughs) Dude, that's just, (laughs) listen, man, I've learned that through my own stunt buddy. Being in that industry jades them the fuck out. Like if they're not doing it, it sucks and they hate everyone involved and they end up hating the property. And I, I love Gallard. He's the fucking man, but he's written Star Wars off. Yeah, I think that he's probably he's probably done with it. But man, I mean, it was just. Such I, I a- still think Sun Moon, who who I believe does the sword fight, borrowed from ha- his style. I mean, oh, Anakin 100%. was was fighting violently, even as Anakin yeah. here to to kick things off. Yeah, one hundred. I mean, like they definitely studied like all of the lightsaber techniques and the moves that Nick had implemented in the prequel trilogy to like more accurately translate that over into the show yeah. one f- for sure. I mean, there were direct moves and movements oh, yeah. that his, were taken his from, twist, like the reverse turn twist yeah. counter. I mean, these fights, Nick, to me were straight out of the prequel era. You know, you know, last yeah. week we're like yeah. what we saw with Balin and Ahsoka, that that's something new almost. It, it's kind of a hybrid of of pure you know traditional samurai duels the fastness and more acrobatic nature of the prequel duels but then the more methodical slower paced duels we got in the ot in the sequel trilogy it was like a it was the best of of all styles where this episode i really feel well makes sense we were in that era with those characters but we we went back to the prequels and and shit was violent fast uh, you know, nothing but counter to counter to counter to counter. There's almost no openings because they're so damn quick and they know each other so well. Um, it, to me, even though it was way shorter than it's not Duel of the Fates. What what is it when it's the brothers the, fighting? This is the episode three fight. I don't know the, if they if they gave 
if they gave that a name. It is like a, it, it, it does have a name. I just was looking at the soundtrack. Who cares? But th- their fight just, it, it, it felt prettier to me. It, it, it just, it, it looked better. I, I really, I could have watched these two battle nonstop. I mean, her having dual blades obviously changes the, the visual dynamic, but um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think these battles to me, they're more entertaining, more engaging than the Mustafar duel. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. I mean, and it's also like, like to a degree, like Anakin. There we go. Battle is, of the Heroes. Thanks, prop. Okay. That, that's what it is. Yeah, that that was like the the title of the soundtrack I mean, and and like to a certain degree with this as well. Like Anakin through this fight is trying to show her like like feed her information about like his past through his fighting. And like, this is what, the that, person the line, that I go was. Ahead. What, what line does he give her? Do you remember? Oh, geez, I can't remember. Well, well, <laughs> well, this is where, you know, just like his own son, when he came at him, she's initially like, I will not face you. And he's like, oh, yeah. I've heard that before. Whack, yeah. whack, whack. It's like, yeah, I love how this guy fucking teaches. That's the other thing. Like, this is Anakin Skywalker as a master to a Padawan. This is how he handles lessons, people. This is what you probably missed through the Clone Wars if you did not watch it. He is not a traditional instructor. He, even though, yes, they, they're talking about how the legacy of the master is passed all the way down the chain. Okay, a little bit. But Anakin, for the most part, he instructed in his own manner and it very very loosely resembled what he would have got from obi-wan and definitely not what the 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 jedi temple probably wanted a master to do i mean you also have to realize too that anakin was raised and became a knight in wartime like so the training that you impart on your you know your padawans your learners all of those who are taking instruction from you have to be relevant to what's happening in the moment. Like it's not like when Obi-Wan was coming up and and Obi-Wan was 12, 13 years old and there it was peacetime and all they had to worry about was some, you know, planet like interplanetary skirmishes or some trade negotiation talks and shit like that. Like you don't, you need to be able to step on a battlefield and protect and defend your life and the life of those, the lives right. of those around you. Well, Nick, he says as much training. in this episode, right? He's like, yeah. listen, I was trained in a time of, of peace. I was a peacekeeper, but then the war started and you were ready to be trained. And now we have to learn how to be warriors. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's arguable that he was, that he was trained in a time of peace. I don't even think that's accurate because he was raised or like he became a Padawan learner right as the war against the CIS was starting. So even no, from no, no, the no, moment, well, no, no, that, that wasn't the war. That was just a trade federation starting. It took well, yeah, 10 I more mean, years for the war to really, truly kick off. So he had about 10 years of, what we'd call old school Jedi training. I mean, I, I guess like it's just the, the, like from the very beginning, there was conflict. Like even if it wasn't like full scale galactic conflict, there was still conflict that was more than the Republic had seen up to that time. Like before the trade disputes between the trade Federation and Naboo, <laughs> it's still one of the, the dumbest fuck fucking things. Do, do you, do yeah. you think about what Nick just said? Yeah, we we literally kick off the prequels with a a trade dispute. 
Yeah. That, that turns into a full-scale battle where the first Sith that has been seen in centuries is introduced. And it was in all, the, I, I, I know it was all Palpatine's ruse, but yeah, literally, yeah. A tri- that's, how, that's how we kick things. That, Palpatine kicks off his grand plan with a trade dispute of his home planet. I, I yeah. guess that just, again, showcases his brilliance. I don't know yeah, what so to say. So I guess like his, his entry into the star, into the, uh, into the Jedi was like during a time of probably heightened conflict and battle well, it, that and, hadn't been seen in a while. And then it, you come back down and then it comes back. Well, up. also to your point, he could never be trained like a traditional Jedi cause he came in at 10 years old. Yeah. He was, he was younger or right. he was older yeah. than he was supposed to be so, already. So he was never, so, never traditional. Therefore he never taught traditional. Yeah. And that's why Ahsoka is not and, traditional. And you have to figure that like, as soon as the Jedi order is aware that like, Oh shit. Like, Obi-Wan Kenobi, well, one, Qui-Gon Jinn was killed by a Sith, and Obi-Wan Kenobi fought and defeated a Sith. That changes the the way that training is happening. It's like, okay, we're we're moving from all is well in the galaxy and has been for centuries to there's some shit going down that we really aren't aware of yet. So like let's maybe focus a little bit more on combat training, which is why. In the beginning of episode t- of episode two, I mean, like obviously Anakin is going to be an advanced fighter just by you know means of him being. He's the holding me one. back. Yeah, it, but like he's <laughs> he's fighting, he's doing lightsaber duels against Master Yoda at when he's still like a Padawan learner. Like this dude isn't even like you know like a full Jedi Knight yet. And he is doing like he's dueling with with Master Yoda. Do you think if this is true peacetime that he is 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 dueling Master Yoda for training purposes? I don't think so. Like I just think that the, like there was a lot of strife in the galaxy at that time, even before the war officially started. That they like their training regiments had probably changed all by shifted. design from Sheev himself. Remember, that's right. It's the, it's the yeah. long game, motherfuckers, and he is the best at it. Yeah, so yeah, we we love our Anakin. There's no doubt about it. All right, just then, just moving right into all the Clone Wars shit. I, I mean, come on, it, it just getting the live action portrayal of you know the Battle of Ryloth. Uh, I agree with our buddy in here as uh, one of our. It's become new Fando here. I think it's Mando something. Sorry, I forget the full name, but um, they too get turned on by female Twi'leks, and we felt there should have been more female Twi'leks showcased. During the Battle of Ryloth, but it's okay. Uh, but like Nick was saying, it was, it was good to see Hayden as this version of Anakin because it's it's a different version. We haven't seen him portray. We, we've seen him at Padawan, Anakin, Jedi Knight Anakin, Vader Anakin, and then obviously Vader Vader. Uh, so so we, we, we get to see a new portrayal. And as we've been saying, you could tell Hayden did his homework because, yes, obviously he is the guy. And Matt Lanter built Lanter built his performances based on Hayden. But Hayden, too, took what he learned through the Clone Wars and, and kind of added a bit of that flair to his version of Anakin. And, and it just paid off like all these scenes were great. Fat clones aside, it just looked awesome. I mean, you could tell it was done on the volume, but even there, I I, pre- I preferred the practicality, even with the dopey looking chubby clones. It just everything about this just screamed Star Wars nostalgia. Plus the the cinematography. I mean, 
I'll pull up the shot that everyone's been creaming their jeans over. But, you know, when she watches him walk out into the field and you get that flash and he turns into the guy and then flash back, he's back to, to Anakin. I mean, come on. Where are you getting shots like this in Star Wars? I mean, maybe yeah. maybe Andor, I think we talked about, had some really beautiful cinematography. But outside of that, Star Wars isn't really known for artistic visuals. It's more known for low-level dialogue, the Force, good guys winning, and, and you know, pew-pew, zip-zip-zoom-zoom. Laser sword, swing-swing-swing. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, Dave really 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 focused on you know let, let, let's bring a little let's bring some high art to this motherfucker and yeah. uh you know that shot i have it up on the live stream now if you ever want to join us don't forget 5p east youtube.com slash star wars time show uh, i was just just fantastic that that transition between the characters and like you said nick hearing ahsoka as an adult who's lived reflecting on those moments from when she was a child that was just all fantastic star wars i mean this is fucking star wars shit i'm sweating i get so excited Mm -hmm. thinking about it i mean look at the guy look look at hayden it's a short hair his general armor on i mean it's picture perfect as they say look at ariana young ahsoka perfect with her lightsabers on mandalore perfect All right. It doesn't get better. It really doesn't. I I just I want to caution everyone as we head into the final three episodes. Temper yourselves. okay? I think we're going to get great content. Don't get me wrong. But you are not going to get this level of nostalgia excellence moving forward. I'm not saying we're not going to see or hear from the guy again. We most definitely are. We're going to talk about that. But you are not going to get this level of fan service moving forward because we yeah. still have a story to tell. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, we got to get back on to the yeah. what's going on in the yeah, new I mean, galaxy train. And it's like I know, said we, earlier, we, we literally <laughs> spent nearly 50 minutes just with the good guys, which means episode six, when I get to my predictions, I'm, I, I think it's they may do a full a course correction and we're with the bad guys the whole time. I'm all for it. Or it's going to be yeah. like a like a seventy five twenty five split. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Moving on. Top moments here. Uh, next up, uh, Siege of Mandalore. I love seeing in live action. It's it's the greatest three episode arc of the Clone Wars. I mean, just talk about everything. It, it is everything. It is the it's the culmination of that series, and then funnels us right into Bad Batch Rebels and beyond. It is some beautiful Star Wars storytelling. So I loved, you know, like Nick said, seeing seeing Ahsoka and Rex there, Commander Tano, and then seeing the three thirty seconds in live action with Ahsoka, arms folded. But more importantly, Nick, what I really loved about this scene is when Homeboy shows up and they have their second chat yeah. before. And the he's final like, "I was, chat. I don't remember this one." Yeah, he's like, like "Hey, you did good, yeah. Snips. Like you, you became the warrior that I trained you to be." And she's like, "Oh yeah, I let this is." Um, but you know, after I left you and all that fun stuff. And the, the mm-hmm. reason they picked this, just in case people forget, this is literally the battle where he fell, where Anakin yeah. turned. And, I mean, and a- like, after this battle, she's on the ship celebrating and it comes over what, the wire. Everybody turns on her. That's yeah. It's the moment. And she feels his fall during the battle oh, yeah. of Mandalore. Like she I'm feels tell- it. Everyone watch that Twitter link. I put into this video's 
chat if you're on the live stream. It's it's very well done. It cuts up Filoni speaking about Ahsoka breaking and and why she broke, and then it, it kind of gives the imagery. So it's it's money. Uh, but I, I just love the talk and, 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 you know, he was, he was in this moment, Nick, again, trying to get her to realize the true lesson, like, like live or die, get, get over me, mm-hmm. get over my fall, release yourself of that guilt. Yes. You are tied to my legacy. Just like Balin told you, he's not wrong. Death and destruction. Now it makes sense. The clone wars. I get it now. Thank you, Balin. I'm stupid, but that th- you are not me. You don't have to become me. You won't become me because you can choose to live. You can choose to let go all that shit. Let it go. I'm giving you permission. And I'm reminding you, like we said earlier, that I'm the fucking man. I'm Anakin Skywalker. And just because I fucked up in my 20s doesn't mean what I did. I I didn't do anything great in life. Because I did. I did a lot of great stuff until I was about 23 years old. And then around 40... I came back and, and fixed the galaxy for a little bit yeah. until Homeboy's essence somehow escaped a, mm-hmm. the tailpipe of the Death Star and made it over to Exegol somehow. Mm-hmm. He returned. I mean, realistically, who doesn't fuck up in their 20s, right? Like, yeah, everybody hey, does. You know, going to the dark side, committing <laughs> genocide against your order. Who hasn't done that? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. When I was 23, I was like, yeah, hey, I'm going to walk into a Catholic church and start slaying motherfuckers because, <laughs> hey, I'm 23. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's just how it is. Everybody goes yeah, through hey, their Darth know, Vader phase. Fucking little child <laughs> murder here or there in your 20s. Hey, you're still a kid, right? Right. Yeah, you know, everybody's got growing up to do. But I, so. I, I just, I really think, you know, Hayden just once again nailed the essence of this character his his arrogance, which we all know is 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 deserved. I mean, he had a reason to be arrogant. Everyone told him he was a chosen one, and he was pretty fucking great. Uh, but I, I just I loved as he's trying to drive the lesson home. He's still like, you know, yeah, did some bad, horrible things, but I'm Anakin. I'm Anakin, bitch. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm Anakin. Like, Come on. I'm still. I'm me. still pretty fucking great. I am the chosen yeah. one after all. So yeah. I loved. loved and I think like. One thing that I also think is important just outside of the show aspect of this is like what this means for Hayden as a person. Yes. Redemption you know, tour 2023. Like, yeah. And like, you know, we, we saw it in the videos and stuff that came out of celebration last year, the emotional, you know, episodes that he had with the crowd really getting behind him and everything like that. But like, I think this is bigger than that for him because this is a moment that that he proved to himself that he is this character and that he it was never an issue with him it was never an issue with with you know who he was or the way that that you know the fans reacted to the prequels or anything like that like this gave him the true feeling that like the Anakin Skywalker that is on the screen now and the Anakin that Skywalker that is on the screen then is as much me as anything else. And, and it, I really do feel like if he has a moment to talk about this or people ask him about this particular episode, it'll, Dude. it'll be something that like he sticks, we'll stick with him for the rest of his life. Listen, the fact that content is drying up is one reason to, to hate, that the Hollywood strikes are still going on. The studios are dickheads. 
the fact that these motherfuckers can't be out in real time discussing this yeah, type of shit about it. is a fucking crime. Yeah, it sucks. Y- you know, they've released some pre-recorded stuff. Uh, but yeah, Nick, you're, Nick, you're 100% correct. The, the fact that they can't get Hayden on, on a social or Rosario or them together to talk about this episode or at the end of episode four is a fucking shame. Because yeah, he yeah. is. He, he, he Once again, this poor fucking man is being robbed of his glory moment. Right? Yeah, he, he's 100%. not on social media, so it's not like he's scanning it. I'm sure, you know, his people are like, oh, hey, they liked it. But he's not able to go out and actually talk about it, share the experience with fans, and then hear, see, feel that fan reception. It's fucking terrible because Nick's right. This motherfucker deserves this. Hayden Christensen yeah. deserves these two episodes. He deserves more. There, there was I, there, It's in our Discord if anyone wants to join. We've got an open link in our Instagram at StarWarsTime.show. But there was a, I shared a Twitter to Nick. I was like, I really hope this guy's trolling it because they shared a tweet essentially reposting the images of Hayden in this episode. And they're like, wow, with that performance, it'd be really great if someone did a trilogy on this man's early life talking about <laughs> Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> I was like, I really hope you, I mean, you're fucking trolling people because that is a priceless troll. Great. But if you're not, you just prove my point that most Star Wars fans are brain dead. It's great. That they're, they literally don't even know what they're watching. But sticking with Hayden in this scene in particular, why it's such a top moment is just, Nick, this is where I felt his acting was peak. When, mm. when she's pushing back, all right, you know, we get into the dialogue here. But my part of that legacy is one of death and war. But you're more than that because I'm more than that. You are more Anakin, but more powerful and dangerous than anyone realized. Is that what this is about? Okay. The, 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 the acting by Hayden throughout this whole scene and obviously Ariana was just fucking choice. You know, and, and that when he says that, is that what this is about? He realizes like, okay, she's fucking stuck on this. She is stuck on the Vader thing. That's why she cannot choose to live. That's why she wants to die. She is broken because of my Vader persona. And then we get the, you've learned nothing. Back to the beginning. I gave you a choice. Live or die. And right like that, Hayden goes from the wise and righteous light side Anakin to the Vader that Palpatine wanted. And Nick, I think that was probably my favorite part was... Once he goes Vader, and then they cross back over into the WW, that shot there where he's just hulking at her, and you can mm. see is like this, this, my friends, is what Obi-Wan robbed Sheev Palpatine of. Yeah. This motherfucker, flesh and blood, three appendage having Anakin, this is who he wanted. Because when he when he flips that switch, dude, you're like, holy fuck. I mean, just the 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 veracity, the anger, the power that he he showcases is uncanny. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And like this is like you said, Obi-Wan Kenobi, anything you should feel from this also, aside from what's happening here, Obi-Wan is a badass motherfucker like Obi-Wan took this dude who's probably one of the strongest force users of this time and, you know, of, of times past as well, and was able to, I wouldn't say handily defeat him, but Obi-Wan got away unscathed. 
like, and he was able to take him down and like essentially save the galaxy for as much as he could without actually killing him. Like, yeah, you I know mean, what, th- dude? This Anakin I is, would, or this Vader is. I would even argue form. that this is even more peak than Mustafar Vader. Oh yeah, because he's controlled. Right. Because he's the, got control. Yeah, he has he has twenty plus years experience of being a bad guy now. Uh, so yeah, I mean, th- this is like I said, this was the ultimate form that she was going for, in the form that probably would have had him actually execute his plan better than he even did. Uh, I yeah. mean, if, if he had this guy by his side the whole time and not some dude he could ragdoll and beat the shit out of and literally tear apart and put back together, um, it, it would have been could have been a different story for maybe even Palpatine himself because we all know oh, yeah. I mean, what the Sith like to do after a while. And that's, a- a- Anakin would have chopped Palpatine yeah, to would've, pieces would've, would've after like that three and a half seconds. <laughs> like he would have taken him to task. But yeah, I mean like the whole... Like, in in the lesson that's being taught to Ahsoka is not just like an Ahsoka and Anakin thing. Like, it's an everybody thing. It's he's essentially telling her like you can't define somebody by one moment in their life, and not even one moment, but like one section of their life. Like we were saying, like oh, like Anakin was Vader for you know le- less than half of his life. Truly, like he 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 fell to the dark side. When he was what 23, 24, somewhere like that. Yep. And, and he died 19 years later. So less than half of his life. And he's like, he's trying to teach Ahsoka, like, you can't, like, my entire life is not defined by the moments that I was Darth Vader. Like, and and that goes to like you can apply that to to everybody, like all of the relationships that you have in your life. You you shouldn't define somebody by their worst moments and that's what's been happening to ahsoka even even if they kill all your friends your family couple planets (laughs) hey you still got hey right yeah let's just say uh the force is very much like catholicism you (laughs) could you could light the planet on fire as long as you ask forgiveness you're good right yeah i mean that is what george built it (laughs) off of that's what he, that's oh, yeah. what his, his tenants were for this. So, but yeah, I mean like, you know, obviously in extreme cases you can do that and you could, you know, Vader is definitely an extreme case, but it's a good lesson to, to, to keep within your interpersonal relationships is to not define somebody by the worst moments of their life, but try to try to look past that and always know that, that there is redemption if people look for it. All right, uh, Nick question yeah. for you here. When, when, when it's Ahsoka gray form fighting mm-hmm. Vader, does he let her get the advantage or does she truly best him with his own blade? That's such a hard question, right? Like I, I, I took it she, as she beat him with a move. Me personally. Yeah. I, yeah. Like I think, I mean, it does, you have to kind of like read his face a little bit. And I think that in the moment there is like a bit of surprise, but there's also a bit of disappointment because he knows that the only way that she could have done that is to get the is to side. lean a little yeah. bit too far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that take. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think about that, but I do dig that because you would think if, if he was going for a true duel, even though she unarmed him and had him, it seemed dead to rights. Couldn't he have just fucking 
force pushed her away to get some separation oh, for a little bit. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So I, I, also, I, I like I, what you're saying there where he, he realized like, Oh, she's, she's at my moment. Is she going to choose to live or kill herself? Yeah. It's like, that's the moment okay. that he was like that. waiting for. I like that. And like that, the shot that you pulled is, is the shot. It's like that look of like surprise, but mostly disappointment to know that like you're this close Right. You're like you're, you're, you're talking about the close. one after Ahsoka Sith eye shot, right? I'll, yes. I'll yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that moment where he's looking back at her and realizing like, we've gone through this whole thing and you're still on the edge and right. like, you're still this close to doing the same thing that I did. And realistic, because like for Anakin, like really, what happens if she chops his head off? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Like he's, he's a fucking ghost. He disapparates he goes, and he comes back. Surprise! I'm back. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> no. Wait, Nick, no- what, what if they cut off his head and like in the movies it just like grew back up like out of out of the hole yeah. like ooh <laughs> like a yeah. magician's like, trick. <laughs> exactly. Like like he's in no danger. You missed. He knows he's in no danger. <laughs> but uh, the danger to him was. If she doesn't understand what I'm trying to teach yeah. her in this moment, this could go really She's bad. She's made the same mistakes as me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but now I'm back to the shot of her, and I, I really contend that her eyes dipped. They 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 went a little little I Sith mean, orange yellow. The easiest way to tell is like, like the dark ring around the outside right. has like become bigger and started to take up more of the iris. And like, yeah, yeah it's hard like, it's hard to definitively say for sure because there's red light reflecting into her face, but like the eyes do look a gold. I'll tell you yellow. what, man, here at SWTS, we have strong opinions. So I'm going with those were my fucking Sith eyes. Yeah. You know, we're not going to be wishy washy like some of these other speculators out there. But I, I like, <laughs> I like what you said there where he, there was almost a look of disappointment when she crossed over, but just like her son, anyone else, like the other thing, I mean, this is a direct parallel of Luke and Vader on the Death Star, by the way. Anyone else yeah, pick that yeah. up? I mean, it's yeah. literally the same fucking thing. I mean, it, it goes back to that Twitter thing I want you to walk, uh, watch from Dave where, you know, Ahsoka, just like Luke, refused to face the guy. Like, I don't want to do it. I know it's my destiny, but I don't want to do it. Same thing yeah. here, but eventually he coaxes them into facing him, and by the end they learn the lesson. But just like Luke, when he's sitting there, whack, 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 cuts his dad's arm off. I mean, how do you think he was able to do that when he's getting tossed around the whole time? He yeah, he, I mean, he channeled, and Ahsoka did the same thing. But that goes to show you that that Vader. I don't know if he was doing it purposefully in Return of the Jedi, but he does know how to push the right buttons when a lesson needs say, to be taught. He is. A master at getting oh, yeah. somebody to the edge. How and he then, got Luke fired up is when he sniffed out the the Leia sister. secret. Yeah, yeah, sister. So but yeah, yeah. I mean, it was master. And then really, just to kind of to finish the parallel of that scene, what does she do, Nick? She says, "Nope, she, I choose like, to live," and tosses tosses yeah tosses the the, the Skywalker saber aside, just like mm-hmm. Luke did. Yep. Beautiful shit there. That's why Dave Filoni's the man. Always has been. Guess what? He's been working on Star Wars since Disney bought it. Everyone just needs to get used to that. Okay. He is Star Wars. He is the CCD, right? Chief creative something, whoever the fuck they call him. CCO. There's too many people in the C-suite these days. That's all I know. Chief creative officer. Yeah. My my, my wife's like, oh yeah, we got like two HR, uh, CCO. I'm like, what? 
How does HR even have a chief of anything? Isn't that isn't what the COO was supposed to do? Chief operating officer and then HR people report to them? No? We got a chief for every fucking department now? <laughs> got it all. Got all of them. All right. So, yeah, I mean, just, dude, and, and when he glosses back over, when he realizes, like, okay, she did it, and, and he just kind of reflects, closes his eyes, and boop, he, he's back to Anakin and like, hey, I think you're going to fucking be all right, and then disappears. So, just beautiful shit the the transition again back to her being almost dead also fantastic and people like well yeah she should be remember we we don't know how time moves in the world between worlds all right it's not like even when they were searching for her it went from day to night i mean they were in fucking spaceships It, it, it could have been all of you know 20 30 minutes in real time them looking for ahsoka all right so she was damn near dead just like we told you that was not a vision we told you why you just got to believe us we're right you're wrong thank you <laughs> okay um what else i got some more shots in here bunch of bullshit i think that's yeah. it <laughs> yeah no, I, no, mean, I got, I got a few episode, i got yeah. a few more things. white ahsoka yeah comes out. yeah ahsoka, ahsoka, ahsoka the white obviously I, I think the costume looked good even though i kind of knew what we were getting into that is going to make for a fantastic hot toy Let's get on it, uh, Hot Toys, because I've got my 1-6 scale Maroon coming this week. I have my Siege of Mandalore Ahsoka, and I have my Ahsoka the Grey. So we got to get the white. Oh, I know. How fucking creepy was it to see her without her headdress on? I would say just like without that little that that fucking weird, headdress or man. whatever it was. Like you never really get to see the top of Ahsoka's forehead until now, so... That was an interesting. Oh, here's little, a, here's a uh, look. Car, this is why I like and why I keep talking with with Connor, because he's now into this shit, Nick. So he he gets to see all the weirdness. He's apparently over there. Someone told him that after she tossed the Skywalker saber, it falls out of the WBW, and that's how Maz finds it. <laughs> I, I don't think that that's how that happens. But, Someone you please know, fucking punch just, me in the face. You did. I just don't think like. A lot of people don't know what the world between worlds is, and it's still like truly kind of unclear, even to the people Ugh. who know what the world between worlds is, like what exactly it is and what well, it's we, capability is. We know is. you at least need a portal to go from the real world yeah. if you want to stay alive. So, And then also we, also, we also know that there's already a Skywalker saber in the universe, in the galaxy. So now is there two? <laughs> like, no, right. that's not what happened. Uh, come on. <laughs> Oh, I love Star yeah. Wars fans. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed, I, I think the scene with the Pergil was perfect. It, it reflected what we know that Force users can do, very similar to what we saw Ezra uh, getting getting down with in the finale of, of Rebels. Uh, it mm-hmm. really just, I loved all the visuals of them leaving with the Pergils, you know, kind of weaving in the, the, the natural side, the nature side of Star Wars. The dumbass New Republic. Okay, let's before we get into the pregame for six, let's work through some of my ha's. Starting with these fucking idiots, the New Republic. <laughs> okay, hear me out here. Did, did anyone else go? How fucking moronic is the New Republic that they would not send Hera just like you know a ship or two to go investigate this? Yet when they find out that she lied to them, they send three capital ships. To go find yeah. her. What an overreaction. Like, uh. it. Just, I mean, 
if you can't tell that these people are the biggest fucking bozos in the galaxy at this point in time, which I guess shouldn't surprise me coming from Star Wars fans, but hello, how incompetent. Mon Mothma is going from one of my favorite characters to one of my most hated. She yeah. is, she's no better than fucking Palpatine as a bureaucrat now. She's a yeah, complete dopey <laughs> idiot. Like, no, you can't have a, a small force to go if, essentially stop the coming of Thrawn. But, oh, when we figure out that you lied to mommy and daddy, we're going to send a fucking fleet. Yeah, it's it's just it goes to show you how unsure she is how to lead in in peacetime. And like the people that she put trust in for years and years during the rebellion now mean nothing to her next to no. a couple of fucking bureaucrats right. that She's are like, on oh, her Hera, side. Do, like, do you have any proof? Oh, Harry, it's like, Mom Mothma, you, you remember what it took? You fucking shithead hanging out in your white robes. You're probably in Palpatine's fucking temple at this point in time. Reclaimed it from the Jedi. Hanging out. Drinking spotchka. What the fuck? I mean, oh, we can't commit that many resources, Hera. But if you lie to us, we're going to send half our fucking fleet. Yeah, it's I don't know. I mean, Mothma is definitely showing herself to be a weak leader. Like that's unquestionable now. Sad. And it's like it's easy. It's easier to be as, as fucked up as it sounds like it's easier to be a leader in wartime because there is a clear goal in true, front of you. True. And there's only one thing that you really are trying to do. You're trying to win the war. You're trying to, you know, like when she was the leader of the rebellion, it was root out the Imperial rot in the galaxy by any means necessary. And now that it's, it's peacetime, it is a lot more unclear as to what you're supposed to do as a leader. Like what is she like her, like, and her stance has always been like, be as unmilitarized as possible. So something like, so we don't risk you know, whatever in her mind, but it's, it's really showing now that she is not fit to be the leader of the new Republic and that it, she will ultimately lead to its, I mean, at, as it's, much as it was disgusting. like a swift downfall. Bro, like, it, to me, especially after what we saw in Andor, it, it, it's like a form of character assassination. Like she, yeah. she is just so not Mon anymore. It's 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 sickening, sickening I mean, to be controlled like the, by the bureaucracy that quick. Yeah, it it almost seems like and like we just don't have a lot of like Mon Mothma stuff like in in the time of the you know the rebellion to really like see what she was doing behind the scenes. But I mean, like I guess like one thing that you could kind of point to is even in Andor though, like she was, she was hesitant to back the forces going to Scarif. Like they, like these people were telling her like, look, Scarif base, there are plans for the death. Like we can go there and we can fucking make this happen. And she, even in that moment, she refused. Yeah. She was like, no, we're not going to do I it. Know. Like, you know what like, it is, Nick? I, I think it's the red hair and she's, <laughs> she's very good looking. So I, I, I've been like, like yeah. men can, get sometimes I, i've been shrouded in her beauty <laughs> yeah it's Duped. even 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 then like the the big difference is is during the rebellion she had good people around her like she had you know general organa for or you know 
uh, Senator Organa, not General Organa. Who she that's she's ultimately going to fucking dispel from the Senate. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's like, coming up next. Oh, yeah, hey, like she kicks- hey, four. We got four of our own people. Went on a rogue mission. Let's send half our military. Oh, one of the heroes of the fucking rebellion. She's stupid. Let's kick her out of government. It's like, it's what just, the fuck? I mean, it, you, it, you have to believe, Nick, that they, that they almost are going to have to lean hard into the fact that because the New Republic accepted all these old Imperials, that's the reason it was so fucking soft and broken. Because from day one, it was undermined from within. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, this is truly proving to me now that like, she was only as good of a leader as the ones around her. Like General Maydean, you had Senator Organa, you had, you know, the generals and the field generals and all of the commanders of the rebellion that were there advising her. And she's just like, she had a good core around her. Now the people around her fucking suck. The, the same like, shitheads that sucked in the Galactic Senate. Same shitheads. It, just as Harris said. The motherfuckers that sat around and waited to see which side won. That is who Mon Mothma is surrounded by now. Those are her peers. Shitheads. Not the warriors that she sent to death. Yeah. Fuck. I'm like, shit. I'm going to boycott Anders season two now. Fuck Mon Mothma. (laughs) Like, what the hell? But but it does, like... I know it makes sense. It, it makes it, sense. It makes sense. And it's like all of your heroic can't, characters can't be like, oh, yeah, they're the best. I like know, there, there has to be some bad leadership because if there wasn't bad leadership, the Star Wars galaxy wouldn't be in constant yeah. states no, you're right. of war. You're right. <laughs> this is just the, the, the shortcoming of my my maleness, if you will. Like I said, yeah. it, it's the red hair and Genevieve's a looker. So... I can't separate that from fiction. So I'm like, I like her. She's pretty. So her character's good. But yeah, the more you drill into it, like now Mothma is kind of a, a, a shit bag, especially what we're getting now. All right. I, I don't want to keep pounding on her. I feel bad, but fuck. But when I saw those ships show up, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. These it's people like there are, are bad idiots. guys that are there. Like, like there are bad guys literally trying to destroy the, the only semblance of peace that we have in this galaxy yeah. right now. Uh, we're not going to do anything about that, but you didn't listen to me. So, so yeah, now we, I'm going to sense that literally going to send all Jesus. the resources we told you we couldn't to find four of you and arrest you. I mean, just ridiculous. I, I really wish Hera just let the fucking whales run the entire fleet over. Like, like I was, I, I got even angrier at the fleet where I'm like, get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. Like this, this is nature. Motherfuckers. It's like geese crossing the street. Get the fuck out of the way. Just move. Just move. I know you've probably never seen Pergills, but when you see whales flying through the sky, it's probably best that you just not be in the way. Yeah, and you know these things, like the whales could fuck those ships up, especially the, you know, the granddaddy that Ahsoka slid herself into. Yeah. God damn, I'm glad I remembered that. That, that, that just got me so fucking angry. I'm like, what is wrong with Mon Mothman? And like, how stupid could you be? You literally, yeah, you, you just... put your foot in your mouth. No, you can't have resources, but... Shame on you for, for, you know, breaking what mommy and daddy said. Now we're going to send all our resources just to shame you. Like, what the fuck? Okay, yeah. one last thing before we start pre-gaming here. 
and I got the whales up. I'll, I'll, I'll lay a little groundwork for you, Nick. But remember in season three, Mandu and Grogu, they're in a, a hyperspace route, and he senses mm-hmm. something and looks out the window and sees some whales flying. Yeah, so this is the moment that you... A- any yeah. any chance that the way that that's the whale with Ahsoka in the mouth and that's how Grogu's kind of peaked. It, it could definitely be for sure. Cause we've yeah, heard I mean, at least, I believe Natasha Lou Bordizzo did say that Ahsoka is supposed to take place concurrently with season three of Mando. Yeah. So it just, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I, I could be grasping at straws here, but it, it, you would think Grogu knows Ahsoka force connections are a thing. Uh, you know, when we first saw it, we were just like, oh, yeah, he can, just like other Force users, he can feel the the whales. But I don't know. I, I would like to think that the reason in particular he was drawn there is because she was riding her way out in the mouth yeah. of the big boy on the path to Peridia. Yeah, I mean, you got to figure that when that happened, there was like such a reverberation in the Force that like, I mean, probably, you know, whatever Force users are out there. If you if you're attuned enough to to the living force, as as Qui Gon would say, you probably felt yeah. something. So, well, well, so it, speaking of feeling stuff, I'm glad you you brought that up. But what if, not even what if? Let, let's just kind of have fun with this a little bit. What do you think Luke Skywalker felt during his father and Ahsoka's World Between Worlds meeting? Do you think he was oh, aware man. of that? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much further they're going to involve. And it, and like this is, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast. It's like now that you've opened the Luke Skywalker Pandora's box, like it's it's really hard to, to leave him, like to shove him back in it, especially in circumstances like this, especially in like what is to come um, in this, in this like time in the galaxy. Um he definitely felt something. You, I mean, you would think. I mean, a his father makes his presence known, maybe for the first time since the Battle of Endor celebration. Uh, you, you know, just in the Force by meeting Ahsoka, and then when Ahsoka comes out as the White Reborn, I would assume that he's like, "Holy shit, I feel Ahsoka again," but it's it's different. Kind of like how Ahsoka felt Anakin again in Rebels, but it was different in a bad way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because we've only, like, at this point, we, 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 we can say 100%, Luke has only known the broken Ahsoka. Yeah. The one he, that he did not, not want to train Grogu, right? Yeah. So maybe, I mean, and look, like, we're, we're, like, sitting here and we're trying to figure out, like, there's a lot of like journeys that need to come to an end. Ahsoka's is one of them. Like, how does this happen? Like, does does Ahsoka ultimately, after all of this happens, like, does she reapproach Luke and say, like, you know, I think I think we can work something out with me helping you with training again. And then she ultimately falls at the hand of Kylo and, you know, everything See, that goes on. Stuff I am um, like that. I, I I obviously and I have a picture of her in the white kind of talking to Jason. You could even feel there that like she's different. She's now open to the force in, in full again and in, 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 yeah. in reaching her full potential. She's not scared of becoming bad Ahsoka anymore. So hell, I mean, even the little green guy was kicking around again. She'd be like, hey, motherfucker, you want to train now? I'm good. Yeah. I got my shit squared away. I'm good. We can train. <laughs> but here's what I think's going to happen, sadly. 
I don't think Ahsoka makes it out of the Mandoverse. Um, I, I think her sacrifice is going to be huge. It's going to be no different than than Anakin's. It's going to be a major, major fucking sacrifice. One that has to happen. It's the only way to happen, just like what Ezra did. So we're going to get the parallels and all that stuff from there. But I, 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 I sadly think she does not make it out of the Mandoverse. And Luke truly is on his own to restart, build, and train. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just wonder, like, you know, did Luke sitting there on, on, the, on his planet where the temple's being built by his slave labor robots, did he, <laughs> he had to have felt that. Uh, he had, to, I, he yeah. had to feel her crossing yeah. in, her dad greeting her, possibly even the lesson. I mean, if, if Jason fucking Sindula, untrained, just has the juice in his system, is feeling it and hearing it, you would think... Soon to be, ma- I guess we can call him Jedi Master at this point in time. No one can tell him no, right? He's the only fucking guy. So yeah, it's like, who, he's like, gonna- hey, I was fucking Jedi Master right there when I beat my dad, motherfuckers. Even though I said I was a Jedi Knight, I'm going to go ahead and correct that. I'm Jedi Master. Something my yeah. dad never achieved, right? Yeah. And no, that is not no. Jedi Master Anakin we saw. Remember? He's never granted he was the never, rank. He was never a master. <laughs> Still never a master in death. But Luke just going, oh, daddy, why don't you come and talk to me? <laughs> That's what I, like, I wonder. And like, we'll or yeah, probably, maybe, like, maybe he's know. pissed. We'll maybe he's like, fuck, man. Why? Is she, she always gets dad's time. But I, I also wonder if like, if Anakin has tried to reach out to Luke or I, I would almost think that Anakin would be too afraid to reach out to Luke. No, I agree. I, I, I think. He gave him the, you know, the old salute in Return of the Jedi. Like, hey, I'm here, buddy. Uh, but fuck you. Like, I, I still got some shit to work through. I'll see you in a few decades. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, uh, listen, now that we got the, the resolution with Ahsoka and, and Anakin, I know Luke technically got his in, in the real world. Uh, I, yes, I, I would love, I would pay to see a, a conversation between you know, post ROTJ Luke and his dad. I, I mean, come on. Yeah. 100%. Th- that 100%. would be as like, great as this was because, you know, let's be real. Anakin and Ahsoka had a way more developed relationship than Luke and Anakin ever did, ever will. But it would still be very special just to hear what the father would say to the son after all the shit the, they've been through together as foes and then as allies. Yeah, and I mean, there's just so much wisdom for Anakin to impart onto Luke. There's so much knowledge of not only training, but just knowledge of how to how to handle yourself in moments of panic and moments of fear that he could impart onto Luke. And I don't know. It just feels like I and like you know, it's a relationship that never really existed. Like let's just yeah, like, of there, course. There was never a relationship no. between Anakin and Luke outside of. You know, well, there was never a relationship with Anakin Correct. and Luke. There was a relationship between Vader Correct. and Luke. Like, so, so Anakin had spoke maybe what was it, fifteen, twenty words to yeah, Luke. Yeah, if on that, his it was essentially bed. like him dying. Yeah. Like, hey, I just want to see you with my own yeah. eyes. Yeah, you, yeah tell you your were sister right. you were right. You were right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the established relationship between Anakin Skywalker and Luke Skywalker is almost nothing. But I would have to imagine that, like, as Anakin, that is what you want most in your death 
is to go back and be able establish be able to establish a, a relationship with your son and also knowing that your son is essentially walking the same or a similar path that you did like not in an e- even harder path than you did like he is trying to reestablish right. the jedi Tra- order. He's trained at 18 to- didn't even know he had the force until he's damn near an adult yeah like I would feel if I was Anakin and, and at that time, I I would want nothing more than to like reach out to my son and just impart wisdom on him. But it has to be a very daunting. Well, I like, mean, you're right. Cause, cause in the end, who provided the wisdom, the who the son to the father, Luke is yeah. the reason Anakin was able to return. It had nothing to do with what was going on in his fucking wired, twisted brain. It was Luke keep saying, listen, motherfucker, knock, knock, knock. I know you're in there, Anakin. I know you're fucking there, even though you keep saying that Vader killed him. I know you're there. Come out. I'm your goddamn son. I love you. See, that that's the thing about Luke Skywalker. He got the lesson Anakin was trying to give to Ahsoka from the get go. I mean, after one little duel and talking to Yoda, he's like, fuck. I don't want to face him because I love this man. Even though he's Darth Vader, I love him. He's my yeah. fucking dad and I never knew, and he had that love for him, and it was that that love that, that en- enabled Anakin to fucking pop through the Vader mask and redeem himself. Yeah, and it's like, for Luke, you like Luke has to feel so conflicted about the possibility as well, because it's like, do you, like, the only way that I've known this this man... Is through pain and suffering, (laughs) and trying to kill me, chopping my hand off, and then just knowing what, like beyond that, just like knowing what he's capable of, like he's capable of of literally bringing a galaxy to its knees. I mean, like you know, obviously under the thumb of Palpatine, but like, but you also have to like just in the in your head is like this is my father that I've never gotten to know, and I I may never get to know. So it's like. I wonder if Anakin has tried to reach out and Luke almost like, like put the brakes on it. Okay. Like, cause it's a two way relationship. Like I, I have to imagine that like the person that's on the receiving end of the conversation has to be open to it as well. Cause he's like, Luke is in, in uh, as much, you know, control of, of who reaches out to him through the force as Anakin is because even even when even in ESB when Vader is sitting there and he's like you know reaching out to him through the force telling him to come to the dark side we can we can rule the galaxy is you know all this stuff like Luke is 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 literally putting his energy into blocking that connection yeah, he's like out. no fuck you and I, I like I wonder if if Luke is still hesitant to let that happen and I wonder if he's just like, if, if Anakin has like tried and Luke has rebuffed him. I actually, I, I think it's back to your initial guess and it's Anakin is, is hesitant because yeah. of just the, the drama that he caused it's for like, all what, those years. What's the first thing you say right. to your son that you tried to murder multiple times? Yeah. Like, and, and like to the, to who is now, like, if you really want to look at the paragon of the light side of the force for all of you out there, who's looking for a mortis arc thing, like it would be Luke Skywalker that fits in on, on the light side of it, like almost unquestionably. Um, 
but like, like what, how do you approach that conversation? What do you say? What do you like? What is your end goal? Because it can't be one conversation that fixes the whole relationship. It like no, Anakin Nick, has to this, understand. This is this, this is another series you're you're pitching right yeah. here. Like it, it could just be you know conversations with my dad, episode one, and it's just fucking Anakin and Luke hanging out, watching the temple be built with R two D two. Let's go. I mean, Hayden is clearly capable of, of of bringing this character back and making him feel more authentic than ever before. It, it's the the the, the, the time is right. You either yeah. you either bring this back and we get our fucking Vader perspective show with Crispy Hayden, or we get him into the Mandoverse and like Nick's saying, we, we're we're gonna start to get those interactions with with Son, maybe more with Ahsoka. Um, I mean, why not? Why why not have uh, Hayden yeah. stick around even in this timeline? <laughs> Fuck it. I mean, we were already like robbed of of the mo like a moment between father and son in the sequel trilogy. And it's like, there, there's a lot of issues with the sequel trilogy, but like the fact that, that Anakin Skywalker speaks to Ray on the ground in Exegol as you know, the, the ascend, the eternal emperor is, is building his strength and, and didn't say anything to his son. Like, when he is yeah, on hey, hey luke like get off the fucking island bro don't worry yeah, like, we all got depressed and sad yoda did it too it's okay yeah it's like you know you like anakin reaches out to this girl that he's never <laughs> met before and, and like obviously you know it's Nick, it, it, it was a dyad dude dyad but like yeah i mean the yoda scene was fine but like come on it, like there 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 needs to be a and maybe like I don't, I no, you're think right, that Nick. It's like more the writers Luke, are scared. You're right. <laughs> Luke saved Vader. Why couldn't Anakin come back and kind of you know give his son a little motivation too? Like, hey, dude, you, you come on, come on. Yeah. And listen, I, I'm not someone that, like what Luke did makes complete sense to me. To me, he always was a little whiny motherfucker, and he did exactly what Obi Wan and Yoda did when they thought they broke the galaxy. They fucking quit. Yeah. Yoda, like you got to go read the Yoda comic. He's literally sitting on Dagobah feeling sorry for himself because he fucking blew it. And that's why he's there. He's like, I blew it. I don't deserve to play anymore. So that that never really concerned me. It, it was how Luke treated Ray, those reactions, how he re- responded to Chewie. I mean, it is, that that was not Luke. But the fact that he essentially banished himself, that's what his masters did when they fucked up. Yeah. It made complete sense. Anyways, yeah. we're, we're not going to relitigate the fucking sequel mm-hmm. trilogy. We all know what happened there. I, I will say this. I'd, I wouldn't want to be the writer that has to write the first interaction between Luke and his father. No, I mean, that's that, a lot that's, of pressure. That's Dave Filoni only. Like he's, he's yeah. the only person like, that gets to touch that, just like how he was uh, kind of left to handle this, both the writing dude, and I, the directing. I, I would have... I would almost give it to George and be like, you write it. I'll let somebody else direct. It. Yeah, sure. It, it, I, <laughs> like I take something. either or. Cause I, at this point, Dave yeah. truly is the maker part too. I mean, it's, it's not even close. All right. Holy shit. Time is flying here. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of speed some things up. We can get through the other stories real quick. Cause they're fucking stupid. They're about the movies. So, you know, it's a bunch of bullshit, but real quick, let's pregame a bit, even though we, we've already been doing that, but it's time to lay down some, some things to look for and then some predictions. So some things to look for, especially when it comes to Anakin Skywalker and will we see him again in Ahsoka? 
All right, here's your answer from my speculative mind that is usually not wrong and is almost batting a thousand this year with Ahsoka. Um, I think we most definitely get him in the finale in a traditional Force Ghost appearance or the Obi Wan to Luke Force walkie talkie setup. Okay. Yeah. I, I think now that the connection's been reestablished. We, uh, Ahsoka having him in her ear, just like Luke had Obi-Wan throughout the OT, that, that makes complete sense. It's going to happen. Uh, more than likely, she's going to need him, and he's going to give her that push, just like Obi-Wan did for Luke in the Battle of, of Yavin. Uh, I also believe, based on some dialogue from the trailer that we're going to at least see Hayden again, potentially in, I don't know, a fucking recording or something. Because unless they just purposely lifted random audio from Clone Wars to have Hayden speak to use in the trailer, there's no reason for him to be talking about battle droids in Ahsoka unless it's a past recording. So I could see it where she's almost, you know, she just had this fucking amazing interaction with her master she realizes they're connected again. She's gotten past her beef. I could see her almost for the first time in what, over 20 years, allowing herself to look fondly upon him again and maybe, you know, looking at a memory, a hollow recording from their time in the Clone Wars. So I, I really think we are going to get two more, two more scenes of Hayden in Ahsoka. Uh, the one yeah. could just be a disembodied voice, but the other, I, I just feel like if we're going to take that trailer dialogue and it's actually real, I feel like it's going to be her reminiscing over a recording. Yeah, no, I mean, that could definitely like fit in. And I do hope that we get a little bit of walkie talkie stuff because I do think that like in small bursts that's really impactful oh dude i mean even to this day i i could recite a new hope but in the fucking trench when he's struggling he doesn't know should i use the rangefinder? should i and obi-wan's like shut the fuck up stupid yeah exactly that that i love that shit i love the disembodied force ghost setup so i'm with you i i i want that uh, yeah, 100%. And to reply to Luke Callahan here, the next episode's going to release in about two hours. Okay, so 9p East, 6p Pacific, uh, what, uh, 8p Central, <laughs> right? Yep. 8p Central? Yep. 8 Central, 7. 7 Mountain. Mountain. There you go. We, <laughs> we got all the America timelines. If you're not here, figure it out. Use Google. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So, there's my uh, kind of thoughts on if we see Hayden again as Anakin. Uh, 100% in the end is like a, hey, you can do this. And I do think some form of reminiscing on the part of Ahsoka. So, Nick, since I just took up some time, how about you lay down some predictions for what we're going to see tonight? Because this, yeah, this is the that... first time we really have nothing to work <laughs> off of. The only footage we have left from the trailer is Thrawn walking onto the bridge of the eye. And then uh, a shot of us looking at him and you can kind of see who I believe is going to be um, Enoch behind him. Yeah, I think that, that, well, one, kind of going back to what you had said previously, I think that this episode is going to take place almost entirely in the new galaxy. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way, because there's really no reason for us to spend any time in the current Star Wars galaxy, for lack of a better term. 
because the only people that's left there are like, you know, kind of the, the leftovers. You got Hera and Jason and Hu Yang and then like the remnants of the, of the new Republic that were around Cetos when the, when the, you know, the whales jumped away and, and really like the, they're of no consequence. What are they going to talk about? Like, you're going to be like, oh yeah, they jumped off. I don't know where they're going. That's essentially all that they would have to say about it. Um, so I think that we're going to spend probably 80 to 90% of this episode mm-hmm. in the new galaxy, I think, or in hyperspace getting to the new galaxy. Um, I think that we're also going to get the, I think that the, the end of this episode may be when we see Thrawn kind of walk aboard the eye of Scion, because I assume that they're not going to be able to jump right to him. Like they're, they're going to have to do a little bit of like, okay, we, we're in the area. We got to kind of get to you. Um, and I think that this is where we may get our first introduction to some night sister magic type of stuff, all like right, right. really getting a little bit more in depth into like what Thrawn has been working on. Well, what, well, like what Morgan Elsbeth has been working on for Thrawn and what, his forces kind of look like. Um, and I don't think that we come back to the regular galaxy before this episode ends. Um, so that, that, that's my thoughts. There's like, we're going to spend almost all the episode in the new galaxy finding Thrawn. I think we're going to spend a lot of time with the bad guys because the entire episode of episode five was with the good guys. So I think that we're going to spend a lot of time with like Balin, Shin, Sabine, Morgan, potentially Thrawn if he if he gets in it a little bit earlier and then really building an understanding of what Thrawn and Morgan are trying to bring back into our regular Star Wars galaxy. Yeah, I mean, this this is tough. So, I mean, I hate to be wrong, but I'm really going to have to like channel the force for this because there's there's nothing to go on outside of, like I said, a little bit of dialogue left and Thrawn. But I am with Nick. I do think by the end of this episode, we see the blue guy. Uh, I, I really don't think they're saving that scene for the end. I, I think the end will be very clear that the blue guy is probably going to win a victory and we'll leave it at that. Like, it's going to be an Empire Strikes. We're going to know the good guys ultimately failed in their mission. Not completely, but they didn't stop the the bad guy. So I don't think they're saving yeah. Thrawn for the very end like everyone thinks. Um, I, 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 I'm with you there. Uh, I, I'm struggling with how they're going to open the episode. Because, like, in my mind, if I was doing it, I'd almost get tricky as fuck and go right into... Thrawn and Ezra's perspective just out of the blue mm-hmm. like here we go you're gonna see exactly what what they've been up to to, to kind of lay some narrative groundwork for that galaxy and then we check in with our bad guy friends and you know everything gets linked up but I I don't think they're gonna do that um, I, I could see them opening shot going right to the Eye of Scion, either in hyperspace still, and we get a check-in with all those characters, Sabine and the bad guys, or coming right out, and like Nick said, yeah. it's not like, oh, hey, there there you are, Thrawn, you're right where you said you were. It, it is going to be more of like, all right, now we're here. How do we get in touch? What do we have to look out for? Where do we really need to go? Is he coming to us? Do we have to go to him? so on and so forth so like you said trying to set up a lot of the little 
plot threads for this galaxy. I could see a brief check-in on Ahsoka en route, but mm-hmm. yeah. you don't really need to. She's literally in a whale's mouth at this point in time. Yeah. She could she could show up at the end of the episode. It wouldn't matter. I'm also with you. I don't think there's any reason to go back to the New Republic at this point in time, but I do feel like just because hair has been in every episode she is kind of a main that they might check in just to you, have get her the update on right like how how they're chewing her out exactly or something. yeah is she really in trouble or do they now understand yeah. that it was okay to do that but it, yes. it's going to be so heavy on the bad guys and it should be i mean you, you can't completely close the door on one of your main narrative threads in a series for an entire week and then just gloss over that and like, Oh yeah. Hey, you just, Hey, we're right back to the good guys. The good guys, they, they, they've kind of shot their shot. Like we are in a, we're essentially in the, the second chapter of the series. And in my mind, it's all going to be in the new galaxy outside of maybe a random check in here or there with Hera just to see what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah. So for this episode, Opening scene, Eye of Scion, I'm going with. Yeah, that makes the most sense to me. I think that, like, kind of what you said, starting with it, like, popping out of hyperspace and then being in the galaxy. Um, and then, like, like, for me personally, I want them to spend time here because this is the first time that we're ever seeing a completely new space right. and i that's really why, want some that's why i said it would be great if they just started right from thron's perspective in ezra like catch us up right away from their end so we do get to know this galaxy a bit from their eyes and how they've been living it living in it for over a decade and then okay let's let's get back to the our bad guys and and their story to find him i just i don't think they're gonna do that though i, I don't i think they're gonna they're going to stick. Our point of view is mostly going to be through the Eye of Scion crew is, is what I'm going to call them. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think that that's like, that's the one that people have the most intrigue about right now too, is because like you said, I mean, Ahsoka is in a whale's mouth by herself and hair is still back. And the only people that are together that actually have a plan once they get to this new galaxy are the people yes on the and we have to we have so. to see that you're right you are right plus they got a jump start so we we have to see what they were doing while ahsoka was choosing to live or die is is what i'm saying i i, I want to yeah, see some yeah. of that but i would not be mad if we get a big surprise tomorrow and literally it opens with you know ezra in one of his forms that i teased i, I do like Knowing what I know about the character, I, I I don't feel like they can sit on him for too long. We're down to three episodes. Yeah. So I, I I'm I'm fuck it. We're gonna get our first look at the dude, Ezra and the blue guy in episode six. Fuck it. Yeah, I mean, as we were saying too, like it's hard to understand how Ezra. I mean, again, like this is with no understanding of what this new galaxy is like or where they are like, but it's hard for us with no context to figure out like how Thrawn and Ezra aren't together because like they went there together. They were on the same vessel. They were in the, the, the grips of these, you know, Pergil whales, like. Once they're there, like what happens? Did they get like, how would they Uh, even get separated? I'll say this. 
knowing what I know based on what I've seen, let's just say Ezra seemingly becomes a a master of disguise. Hmm. Interesting. Like he knows yeah, I mean, he, he knows how to to fit in where he maybe shouldn't fit in. How's that? Gotcha. Yeah, I mean that makes sense because. He's going to have to. <laughs> yeah, I so, mean, in, yeah, unless no. what I saw was just pure concept, like there, there's going to be one form of Ezra where you're going to be like, yeah, that's fucking cool. And it makes complete sense. So. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm saying it. Fuck it. We're going to get first crack at Ezra, first crack at Thrawn. Balk's going to be on the bad guys learning more of, of what they're into, both Morgan's angle. And remember, Balin has his own angle. Balin gives two flying fucks about Thrawn literally could yeah, give two like, shits he he don't care if Thrawn lives or dies if Thrawn commits genocide in, in the in the known galaxy as he said he is working on behalf of the greater good he is he's going after this power unlike a force user has ever seen so I, I yeah. think we get that sprinkled on because time is running out you you can't start setting up brand new threads you got to start rounding you know second third and route to home at this point so they got to start filling in some of the gaps with some of the teases they've given us in episodes one through five yeah um so yeah i mean the Balin stuff is going to be interesting the morgan and in thrawn stuff is obviously going to be kind of like the the center point you think you get I any um, sabine shin dynamics like their their hatred for each other or her hatred for sabine i think that there's definitely like some snide yeah, comments dirty looks, made by right. shin <laughs> yeah but i also think like what i think we may get from this too is like a little bit more balin and sabine because obviously sabine is going to feel like man i really fucked up like she's already feels like that. Like, man, I really fucked up. But what I want to see is like, is Balin just going to let her kind of like, yeah, you fucked up. Or is he really going to make, like try to make her see what he sees? Like, is he going to like take time? I'm with, I'm with you. He seems committed to whatever cause. And I think he does want to show people, no, I'm right. I mean, he tried to tell her like, we shouldn't be doing this. Just listen to me. Yeah. So like, I, I really want to see that dynamic kind of build a little bit more because I, I, I don't think that he was ever messing with her. Like, I don't think that he was just saying like all this shit to try to like trick her and be like, ha ha ha, bad guy move. Now you're stuck. No, please like, don't I really, do that to him. Cause we, as we said, yeah. he's like a, he's the one of the best. He's real deal. He's not just blah ha ha. Yeah. And like, I, th- I really do think that like when they get there and he's like, yeah, well you go like, just let them do what they're going to do. Like, let me show you what the real secret and like what the real value of being here for us is like, I want you to truly understand what yeah. I was trying to tell you when we were on CETOS. And the best way for me to do that is to show you. Like, let me show you. He's clearly a narcissist. So that's exactly what a narcissist would do. Like, listen, no, I'm right. And let me prove it to you. (laughs) I mean, that's what I do every fucking Tuesday on this show. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm a Star Wars narcissist. I think I'm right. My (laughs) opinions are the best and everyone should listen to me and everyone else should die. Thank you. Moving on. All right. There you go. There's the pregame. We laid it down. Bold predictions, but. At this point, it, it's hard to make educated ones based on existing material. So this is where you really got to start diving deep 
and and you know using some brains it's not you didn't hear any wild shit from us it's all stuff that is potential uh, but don't be be prepared for bad guy heavy if anything else I, i'll take that win if that's all i get you know it, it's yeah. it's the little things in life people bad guys are cool <sighs> yeah with balin like guys. yeah oh we get a 40 minute episode learning more about balin's skull oh no you know sweet all right nick we're, we're gonna blow through these other two real quick because in the end they're fucking stupid. We've been talking about them for at least three years now. Everything's up in the air, especially with the Hollywood strike. So it's really not w- worth spending too much hot air on. But as of last week, there's another update on the Lando movie. And according to Donald Glover's brother, it's not a show. It's now a movie for Disney+. And it's like, okay, sure. Whatever you say. We'll believe you when we see a trailer. And that's literally how I am at this point in time with movie news. It just, it, 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 it almost makes me angry. It definitely frustrates me. <laughs> it, it makes me sad thinking about that. We've now pissed away, you know what going, it'll be almost five years once we hit star Wars movie time in 24, that we've not had a star Wars fucking film. So have at it, Nick, do you have any comments on Lando becoming a movie now? I mean, I always wanted to see Lando as a movie. I think it works really well as a movie. And I think like pretty much like my read on this is like Glover came in, kind of saw what was outlined as the TV show that Justin Simeon was working on. And then was like, I don't necessarily like this direction. And I like, I also think that like, he just wants to make a movie. Like he's already... He's already made a TV show. He's already won Emmys. He's like, I want to do movie stuff. And I know that Star Wars is it's, best It's in less theaters. work, honestly, than these damn TV it is. shows. It's way, it's way less work. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's way less work. It's way more prestige, too. Because think about it from Donald Glover's side. Like, Glover comes out, he makes his Lando movie, it goes to theaters, and it makes a billion dollars. What the fuck do you think? He, like, he's like, king of the world, bitch. Yeah. Like, I've now, I've now conquered... TV screens, multiple Emmys. I've I've been a platinum recording artist and I've directed and wrote a movie that made a billion dollars. Like, wh- what can you say about the man? He's not bad. Like, I mean, he's got a little bit of artistic <laughs> talent in his body. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So, like, I don't blame him because I, like, I also think that, like, the prestige move is movie. Like, I think that it always that's used like, to be, man. I mean, there, there was a point in time not too long ago. If if you used to be a big movie actor, then you started doing TV work. That was a signal that your career was over. Now, now yeah. these days, the, the, the jobs are in, in TV, long form shows. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then also, you know, high like, you know, you you guarantee yourself work for a longer period of time, too. You're like, OK, I'm on a TV show, so I don't have to worry about like three months of work and then I'm fucking done. Like. You get right. to work a little bit longer. You get more stuff on film. You build your reel. You get to put yourself out there. Like, bro, on TV, you, like, you go in the syndication. You get paid oh, the yeah, rest Nick. of your life. Dude, you want to hear something crazy? So this is a, a, a slight tangent. I saw an article that said Jerry Seinfeld was offered $100 million to make season 10 of Seinfeld. And he was like, no, I don't think so. I think it was a good time to end the show. But the thing is, good for him. is he makes so much money off of the syndication of that show because it's one his name and the title and he was a creator and writer of it that like 
he didn't need the hundred million dollars. Like truly, he didn't need a hundred million dollars to make one more. No, season I mean, and that, that's why you gotta respect the guy. He's not a he's not a whore for the cash. Like he he believes in the art that he put forth. That's it. You get you get one run of Seinfeld. That's the best. Fuck it. I mean, look look at yeah. all the shows doing cash grabs. I mean, you could argue Star Wars is doing cash grabs based on nostalgia. I mean, let, let's be real. We just we just had a big nostalgia circle jerk. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like the whole all of episode five was like nostalgia. <laughs> all existing content. All it wasn't it wasn't even new Star Wars. It was just, oh, yeah, yeah the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, it really is. Like, yeah, I mean, if you, like you, you look at the media landscape these days. It, new IP is is like a thing of the past. It's all, hey. What, what, what can we capitalize on and cash in on franchise or all these fucking, you know, Gen Xers being nostalgic? What, what can we give them from the 80s that they'll they'll buy and go watch again? You know, it's like, yeah, oh, so. shit. And then yeah, with the I mean, Hollywood strike going on may go into the next year. We are all fucked. You know, what we're all going to yeah. be watching this time next year. Reality TV and the fucking vomit content on social media, because that's all that's going to exist. Yeah, I I uh, I know that uh, Taylor and I are are planning to start watching uh, the original Frasier because we've never seen it, so we're gonna sure. We're gonna yeah, pick I, up I I did a rewatch of that a few years ago when it was on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, hey, this yeah. is where we're at. It's gonna be reruns and and stupid shit until yeah. these rich motherfuckers decide to you know open up the the pocketbook. Yeah. Uh, but but what say you about the about the Lando movie? Would you prefer a movie or a show? Uh, fuck. I, I mean, for the dorks, the dorky side of me, I'm always going to prefer long form stuff that we can dig into, get really nuanced and you can explore a bit more lore. But for for this character and, and really the stories they could tell, I, I do think a movie works way better. Yeah, I, I, I love like- I, I enjoy Lando. Uh, he he's getting much more fleshed out in in the Star Wars 2020 run that's going on right now, and quite frankly, is fucking terrible. It's on this dark droids thing. So the Vader mm-hmm. comic blows, the Star Wars comic blows. It is the most like I put out a video last week. Nick said Darth Vader number 38 somehow makes him boring, and it, that that is no fucking joke. Like I say, that's they've <laughs> managed to make Darth Vader boring. Okay, so anyways, tangent. Uh, but yeah, I I, I so- think Lando is better suited for a a movie but i do not think this is ever going to be a reality yeah it's like at this point it really you're really testing donald glover's cachet like they're real like it, it really is like is disney or lucasfilm going to say to one of the most successful artists of multiple forms over the past five to seven years, like maybe we don't let you make the movie that you want to make. Is I mean, how bro? Really I, I can see to. at this point with with time delays and whatnot, and you know, if the strike ever gets resolved, all these creatives, it's going to be like popping their cherry again. They're going to be going nuts. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. go. I got, I had this project. I'm going here. I'm going here. Oop, can't work for you, Kathleen. Oop, can't work for you, Kat. So, I could see him pushing back too. Like, nah. Fuck it. I'm, I'm over it. it. Took too long. I, I got I'm going to do this because, you know, he likes to reinvent himself. He likes to focus on a particular form of entertainment, depending on the, you know, the phase of the moon. So 
Um, you never yeah. know. Hey, look at that. Jason Yang coming in. Work more or less. What up? What up? What's up? What's up? But yeah, I mean, like, I, I hope it becomes a movie. I, I think that um, if he took the route of, like, doing an indirect sequel to Solo and reincorporating Alden back in it, because, I mean, ultimately, you can tell stories with without Han from Lando's perspective, but, like, it's always a little bit better when Han and Lando are together. So, you know, I would almost hope that he looks at it as kind of like an opportunity to one, tell a story of his own about Lando, but also to, to really like incorporate Alden Ehrenreich's Han back into the fold and like reestablish some of that, that relationship between those two characters. But I mean, who knows? Yeah. So, and really that this, I'm going to keep the same tone with this next story coming from Bespin Bullet on, on Taika. So last week, Nick, it was another example of Star Wars fan media illiteracy where uh, yeah, Taika was given an award to someone and it was very clear that he was joking and being overly sarcastic. I mean, it, it's Taika Watiti. That, that's who he is. Like, if, you, if you've ever yeah. seen him in real life, he's essentially the same fucking crackpot character he writes himself into every project he makes. That's him. He's fucking yeah. goofy. He's like, he's like, if you know me in real life, you know, especially in, in, in text chains or, or just casual conversations, it's very hard for me to be serious. I am always looking for the angle to make a joke, make someone laugh, do something funny. That's just how I'm wired. He's the same way. So anyways, Nick... He was giving awards to someone. He's like, ah, you know, I'm Lucasfilm's still waiting on me to write drafts. I'm never going to finish. And somehow to some people that meant he was fired or he's canceled. I'm like, I, I didn't read that. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't interpret that at all. And then now Bestman Bulletin's coming out a week later saying, hey, no, I've heard from this radio guy, you know, this hot mic, Jeff Snyder, that no... Taika has turned in multiple drafts, in fact, and he actually owes Lucasfilm one more, but hasn't been able to submit it because of something known as the strike. Right. Yeah. So it's just like, listen, guys and girls, any Star Wars movie news at this point in time, just be like, OK, sure, sure, whatever, whatever, just whatever. Like use your brain in some instances and be like, does this make sense that a guy who's writing a movie has already written multiple drafts? Probably so. Like, do you think that he's been writing the movie and never sent anything in? Like, it's the most, like, clearly he has worked on it, but clearly there's a writer strike happening right now, so he can't do anything with it. So... Yeah, of course. He's probably he's been working on this thing for what two years minimum. Like, right. So he's probably turned something in at some point for them to be able to for at, for at minimum for for Kathleen Kennedy to say like, yeah, he's actually working on it. <laughs> like, so it's yeah, of course right, he's probably yeah, sent say, drafts. You know, in between people going cuckoo for Ahsoka, you know, people are trying to get some juice. Like, oh yeah, yes. canceled movie, confirmed sources. It's like, no, just like, what source? listen to the <laughs> fucking guy and what he says. He never, he didn't say, oh, I'm done. It's just like, hey, I, one day I'll get a final draft completed essentially. So, and, yeah, and that's where like, we are. I can't, and then, I cannot do a final draft right now. And that's literally, that's what I love about Bestman Bulletin. They essentially do what I say we should be doing. I'm almost positive where, you know, the fandom will react to something that's clearly is not correct. And then they'll come back and be like, oh yeah, no, this is what my sources say. And it's just common sense. Yeah. So. It's like 
Bad in the chat says this is being overanalyzed. <sighs> it's it's impossible to overanalyze it because there is nothing to overanalyze. He has certainly written multiple drafts. That's the end of it. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. We, we we just wanted to throw in a few other things that didn't start with Ahsoka. There you go. Now yeah. it's time <laughs> for the fan segment. That's right. Every week we're the only dumbass fan podcast out there to dedicate a segment to its very, 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 very tiny fan base. We give you two options to join in on the fun. Question of the week goes up on Instagram at StarWarsTime.show. I threw it on TikTok today. Zero traction, so I'll stop doing that. Every once in a while, someone on Twitter comes alive. But that's how you get into Question of the Week. We just need you to interact. Tell the algorithm you like us. Like our account. Hit like. Say show post. Do whatever the fuck you got to do. You know, pull out your PUD. Jerk on it a few times. I really don't know how to get engagement to work on Instagram anymore. So if you if you know the secret, let me know. I should just start having Beyond the Dune C fucking share the content because they, last week, somehow, they, they've kind of caught the IG algo where I think they're actually getting people that want to look at their content versus, hey, uh, can you start posting action figures again? That's kind of why we've stalled out, so... Um, they're uh they're prettier than us they're prettier exactly yeah they're they're more camera ready as well (laughs) yeah Um, so so there you go connor start doing the question of the week for us (laughs) and then we'll air it on our show thank you uh but anyways let's go ahead and get into the question of the week it's easy right now friends because we are in season so the question's always going to be asking the fans what they thought about the most recent new version of star wars so obviously oh this one's a video this week let's see what that oh i can hear the music no one else will though i bet i'll mm-hmm. dance for you though what was your favorite or least favorite part from ahsoka episode five shadow warrior all right nick just big blocks again rip it i got it rip it tan kicking us off with the first response here says not sure if i have a singular moment as a favorite definitely just loved every minute e5 episode five uh, Hayden is truly amazing as Anakin. I'd say Jason was the surprise standout. I was really moved yeah. by his scenes, and that says a lot considering he's performing during live-action Clone Wars. I, I brought that point up, right, that I really appreciate how Jason was used as the vehicle to kind of get some force talk going on, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah. Just remember, before Ahsoka released, New Jedi Will Rise, this guy said yeah. Jason Sindula. There you go. Um, <laughs> one day you motherfuckers will get the idea that we are the best who cares what day we broadcast you fucks god damn it the excuses you give me sometimes it's like fuck <laughs> oh man alright next up Clone Wars 501st he says favorite part was the whole episode least favorite part was when it ended simple as that yeah I mean that is 100% true Ooh, kill just, cutter in just the remake all of the Clone Wars episodes <laughs> yeah with with Hayden and and little baby Ariana Greenblatt as, yeah, as little baby Ahsoka just do, just do, do it quick before she you know starts getting more hormones and stuff yeah. and turn into a, a before full before she woman. like actually grows up yeah so um, all right awesome stuff from Clone War five hundred first Mythos Boba says OMG getting a glimpse of the Clone Wars in live action incredible Anakin and Ahsoka at the time were freaking goats. There's there's still goats. Mythos, come on, brah. Next up. By the way, Mythos has a fantastic British accent. 
I've been watching some of his videos. Yeah, I did. When you listen to them break down Star Wars, it always sounds more intelligent than it does. Than it does, us, no doubt. <laughs> uh, Tones one one three eight, our good buddy. He says absolutely everything. Every minute was pure baloney perfection. Hey, we're we're gonna change our- this. I'm I'm giving Kingdom of Weird a live comment how about that oh shit we we should oh, hey we'll, we'll open it up if you're in the live chat and you want to drop your comment for the question week let's do it best bit was that anakin finally found a way to save the ones he loves from dying boom, boom. not bad wow. i like that i like nailed that. it all right good stuff sorry nick go ahead weird i like that though yeah if you're in the chat and you want to get get some shit in let's go yeah good stuff uh 2797 studios we know uh, he says, I'm just going to go with the entire episode. Cheater. That's a very popular response right now. Um, some of the best Star Wars content in decades, Anakin, Vader, Ahsoka, Through the Years, Rex, Clones, Give Me More. Yeah, that's why I said just remake all of Clone Wars live action. <laughs> Easy. Easy money. Back up that great truck, Dave. Let's go. Beep, beep, yeah. beep. Hayden's ready. Uh, he needs that money, although I bet his residuals are nice. Hopefully he He's signed it. Hopefully George gave him a decent deal. I know, right? Because they, they, they could have cut him a shit deal oh, of for course. sure. Because he, he wasn't No, huge he had like a movie or two. Time. I mean, you and Natalie probably got decent and, and Liam, yeah. you know, but but poor Hayden. Yeah, he, he might have got this the short end of that stick for sure. Uh, anyway, SW Props, our good buddy, says, honestly, least favorite is the part, <laughs> least favorite part is the episode ended. Favorite part was seeing Hayden receive his flowers. He deserves it all. He proved the haters wrong. Yeah, as we we uh, we definitely agree with that sentiment. I, I think like, I've always clarified that I never blamed this on Hayden. No, I always blamed it on on George and the script and just Revenge of the Sith. I know props, all you people, people. That's it for you. But I'm telling you, one day when you get old and you really think about it. And you can think about that movie without your kid brain. You'd be like, Matt was right. They did not yeah. handle his fall properly. It's fucking stupid. It's unearned. It's janky. Moving on. Go ahead. Next. Awesome. <laughs> Nova Toymation says, seeing Anakin train and make peace with his Padawan was just amazing Star Wars to watch. Very pleased with how they handled Anakin and his return and Hayden crushed it. He did. He crushed it Anakin, for sure. Anakin, right? Annie can, A-N-I-K-A-N, not A-N-I-K-A-N, but you know what? It works. Annie can it works. <laughs> be a good, Annie can be a good master every now and then. That's um, right, props. Hold on, he just got here. He he, he just noticed I got Shemal. There you go, buddy. Oh, yeah, the show. Ha- have yourself some fun in the bathroom after the show. <laughs> uh, Mando Pirates says my favorite part was seeing Ahsoka trust in the force again and believe she'll find Sabine and Ezra I mean that is true like she she did kind of have that come come back to the light moment after her her time in the WBW with Anakin so uh, good call there 100% I mean that that that's 100% what it is it's like hey I uh, I'm I'm living again it's exactly what her master was trying to get her to fucking figure out yeah. And then finally, Mark Allegayer says nothing was better than the Anakin to Vader transformations. Just perfect. Yeah. I mean, that was just excellent. Like film work, editing work all around, just like it's, all types of cinematography work. Like we Fantastic. said earlier, it's Star Wars rare, rarely goes for high art 
in my opinion. I think Andor was one of the first times, was like, holy shit, look at the cinematography. You know what I mean? It's not like you ever just was like, oh, look at the cinematography in Star Wars. It was always everything else, like, holy shit, look at all the blah, 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 blah. But yeah, this is the first time I was like, holy, this is, this is artistic storytelling in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was everything. It was, it was the writing, stuff. the performances, the directing, just choice. And, and as I said, everyone, temper yourselves. I mean, that, the last two weeks was a little bit of cheating. Okay. It's a little bit of cheating. Mm-hmm. We're getting back to the story, if you will. So let's, let's be okay. I don't want to see everyone coming out with their fucking pitchforks and tiki torches again. They go, <laughs> let's just be happy. Okay. Move on. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. That is the end of the question of the week for this week. We're now moving on to the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. To get involved in this segment, add tag. Add tag at (laughs) StarWarsTime.show. I mean, honestly, we've had a lot of ad tags. It has, like, it has was, filled up, but but I I still have to pull from all over the place just to fill like a, a daily video. So yeah, so yeah, the ad tag usage has continued to climb, which is good to see. Uh, continue to do that for those of you who are already out there doing it, and for those of you who are doing it and perhaps have friends that aren't doing it, go ahead and tap them on the shoulder. Say hey. Ad tag Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. That's how you, you don't get even have involved. to be that nice. Just be like, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> get with the program, Take, dickhead." <laughs> do a little good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Hit them with both. See what they respond to. <laughs> um, but that's how you get involved. When you add tag, it drops into our feed. I see them, and that's where I pick the top five from. So to kick off the top five this week, we have oh, at J Khaled underscore M. And this is an incredible uh, portrait close-up shot of dark Luke Skywalker, something that we really never got to see in official Star Wars canon, but was a part of the extended or the old extended universe, the old uh, EU legends now. Uh, During that time period, Luke Skywalker did kind of feign a fall to the dark side to um to take on the the clone emperor then so for those of you out there it's like oh my god the emperor came back in new star wars guess what he came back in legend star wars too so um but yeah this is just an awesome like up close portrait shot of a potential dark luke sky i'm glad you you brought up legends because i i shared that clip today too where dave's essentially like ah ha ha yeah all you people thought the what is now called Legends was real. It never was. Go fuck your mom is essentially what he said. So thank you. Legends have always <laughs> been legends say, is what he said. And that came from George Lucas. I, I'm reading the Darth Plagueis book right now from Legends. Top notch stuff. Really, really good content there. Um, well, hopefully they'll, yeah. they'll steal from it and, and make it real at some point. Yeah, it's like Fil- Filoni's like... <laughs> Legends have always been legends until I decide yeah, until to take I, all the shit from legends I, and then put it in the shows that I need. Exactly. It's like, yeah, okay, okay, Dave. Yeah, we get it. It's only it's only good content when you decide it's good content and then you steal it all to put into your shit. We get it. <laughs> we get it, Dave. That's why I brought it up because I know you, you book readers, you get very possessive of those legends. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, so good stuff there at J Khaled underscore M. 
beautiful dark Luke Skywalker. Look at, look at Connor. His image comes up and he says, friggin' masterful. Thanks for sharing this. <laughs> I, I think he, I think he was saying no, it about Jay Collins. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, of course. But yes, I guess this, this is a, another time for us to, to give put, put praise on Connor here. So this is press underscore pause, underscore photography, <laughs> underscore, uh, AKA Connor T in our chat right now. Um, and, and Connor has given us an incredible, uh, portrait of, I mean, I like this used to be called what mythos Obi-Wan, right. But now it's just yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi from the Kenobi he's, TV he's series. Kenobi the white, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like Kenobi the white, Kenobi the whatever, Kenobi from the TV show. Uh, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi on Tatooine cutting down. Hova one those... Kenobi. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, cutting down some of those pesky Imperials that are that are constantly patrolling the the, the sand dunes of Tatooine, um, and he's doing it in style. Um, this is just another. You know what? One of, you know what's what, my favorite part about this shot is that Connor positioned the goggles to look like he was kind of finishing that that move. Yeah, like you know that, what I mean? That, yeah, exactly. Like slightly, it, 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 you know, in, in, the, in the, the half robe. Like it's a nice attention to detail there, and that, that's how you know someone knows what they're doing. That, that, oh yeah, yeah, it's Twin super clean. Like like too. that head, I believe it's a custom from Fett clone. The body looks like Figure Arts Kenobi from Revenge of the Sith. Uh, but yeah, just just good shit. And, and press pause. He's a guy I was talking about earlier doing the Beyond the Dune Sea. Uh, it, it, like it, listen. Connor, don't take this personally. I'm such a narcissist. It's hard for me to still speak this, even though I fully support and love their content. But if you're going to watch any other Star Wars content or podcast, I bless Beyond the Dune Sea officially. No one else. You can't watch anyone else. (laughs) And if you watch them, you have to be like, hey, we're watching you because Star Wars Time Show said so. That's the only reason. Right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They they really do and they're doing a good job over there and uh I hope unlike us that the um the internet carries them to success. Yeah, the internet guys. Cuz uh, the internet has spoken you. and we <laughs> we're dead. We've been booted off the island. We just do this for fun. <laughs> That's always why we do it. We always do it for fun. That's right. Um good stuff there. Love it. Press underscore pause underscore photography underscore. Always oh, a pleasure. Look at this shit coming feed. up next. This is this next one here. This is, this uh, is what cutters. gets you into ma- magazines and websites for toy photography oh, right yeah. here. Oh yeah. I mean Kill Cutter. So at Killcutter Photo on Instagram, Killcutter's in the chat right now. And I mean, this shot here is just some, you know, you're talking about legends, you're talking about old republic, you're talking <laughs> this, about this all this is shit. some world between this worlds, is, man. This is some this is some legendary shit we're seeing right here. We're seeing like a battle of the ages uh in the world between the world between Siths of all eras. Um, so basically what we're seeing here is a battle between Darth Malgus, Darth Nihilus, Darth Maul, Darth Vader, and in the background, kind of, you know, with his hands oh, yeah. doing his, yes, <laughs> doing his yes, thing. is Palpatine in the back. Um, it, I mean, like, this is truly a just next level creative and just visual feast of a shot from Kill well, Cutter. Dude, I, I mean, this is exactly, this is exactly what would happen if five Sith were in the world between worlds, this is exactly, oh, yeah. this, these are the lessons they would be imparting on each other is trying to fucking kill each other. 
Uh, but I, I do like because <coughs> I was just I was asking you. I think was it last week? Malgus v Vader. Because Malgus and the it, figure, all, like, really is 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 starting to. Just I, I'm forming in a, down. Yeah, I'm him. forming an affection for this character just based on his action figure. And I'm like, could he beat down Vader? And and so far, Killcutter is saying yes. Dude, I mean, Malgus is a force, and he is a force. The thing is, is like. If it was Anakin Vader, like full body Anakin Vader, different story because it's a different style of like combat and everything else. Darth Malgus is a force is like he comes at you like Balin Skull heavy blows. And it's the same way that Vader fights, except Malgus isn't as broken as Vader. That's the thing. Like Malgus is just a beast of a human being. And like, it's just... I don't know. There's so much to like about this photo. I mean, the 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 wave effects coming off of the lightsabers, Nihilus in the background, Love just it. looking like a badass with his two sabers. Like the even if you like zoom in on fucking Maul's face, just like that evil grin he's got on his yeah, face. He's like, looking I got at next. It, just, Nick, to me, it's yeah. almost like this is a true test from Palpatine for Vader, where he's just throwing all these old school Sith lords. And oh, yeah. and his former apprentice at the poor guy to, you know, keep that anger ratchet up so he gets that ultimate power he always wanted out of Vader. Oh, yeah. I mean, this that is a fantastic way to think about it. It's like, do you really want to prove yourself? Prove yourself against some of the best Sith in history. Uh, I mean, just fucking top notch shit. I don't know if Killcutter like sells things. If he has like prints, place Uh-oh. where you can Nick's, buy Nick's prints. looking to spend money. He used to do this, the, people. The, the, Watch yeah. out! Like the, the, I got some wall space in my new <laughs> office, and like yeah, this he just is moved into a mansion. Is, so come on. <laughs> I mean, this is a next level piece of art that I would definitely Let's hang go. up on my wall. He's essentially saying, so. "Wink, wink, Killcutter, send yeah. me a a PayPal link." <laughs> Yeah, it's like I'll buy it. Just put it on a poster for well, me. Well, like Jeez. like Connor's saying here, this is something you'd see on one of those metal posters at a con, and that's exactly how it, Nick should oh, yeah. order it and expect it to be delivered. Okay. Yeah, I mean it is just so good. So and you know so what? Much. I think Killcutter has been out selling shit. So you might you might be able to I get something check. here. We'll see if they listen. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta check on on the IG or if he's got any sort of. <laughs> it is so uh, badass, though, dude. It's it. such a it's fucking so killer cool. shot. It is. I'd even put that uh, shit on a T-shirt, you know. Just. Oh yeah, if you're looking kill cutter to 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 make some money, just just put this image on and put it on a coffee mug, put it on yeah, a fuck fucking it. poster, put it on a T-shirt, put it on a toilet seat cover. I mean, what like, what I've anything. come across as long as you're not the Star Wars time dot show. <laughs> You can copyright infringe and, and make money off of copyrights anywhere. So as long as you're not affiliated with us, you're good to go. Make that cash. Make that cash, baby. All right. All he's, right. he's hitting good us stuff. up, Nick. I'll get the DM and pass it on to you. Ooh, yes. Send I, I may want this one, too, to be honest with you. I mean, this is some badass shit. So, yeah. Hey, Kill Cutter, do you have a title for this? If you don't mind sharing since you're in the chat. Like... Is if you would title it, what would you call it? I guess. I think he just called it "War Between Worlds." Oh, well, is what he put yeah, in I'm the fucking caption. stupid. Okay, thank you. <laughs> there it is. War between worlds. I'm so fucking dumb. Bat, I'm so bat dumb. Wants a shower curtain. See, put the, it on a shower. There's curtain. The, the, friends. 
I just did not listen to my own lessons on media literacy and, and just did what most of you do. Speak without reading. There we reading. go. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. Um, hey, the other thing is, it looks like this is a submission for uh, work more or less as little group to Figment 5. Uh, so, Jason, it's over. The competition yeah, is, this is over. This is the winner. <laughs> this right. is the winner, my friend. You, you can tell the, the four other of the five that the two experts in Star Wars art made the decision for you all. Thank you. Yeah. Moving on. Moving good, on. Moving on. Stuff. Move along. All Move right. Along. Next up, Scissor Me Xerxes puts out an awesome- Going real world. Like, real world. Yeah, exactly. Grounded Star Wars shot. And this is basically like, what would happen if the Empire had occupation over Earth? So what we see is just like a very, like almost like an LA street style shot. But in San the, Francisco, in the, actually. Okay, there you go. San Francisco listed right there in the title, like in the location <laughs> We are killing it, it. We, we on know media how to literacy read here today. At the Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, we know how to read here at the Star Wars Time Show. Oh my God. Um, but it is literally <laughs> a, a, a stormtrooper uh, commander patrolling the streets of San Francisco. And this is kind of what it would look like if uh, the empire had, had made its way to earth and, and occupied the earth. And I think, I think it's just like a, such a cool grounded in world shot and really like brings, uh, you know, brings a, a stormtrooper, a piece of star Wars into our own galaxy. So I really enjoy that part of it. Yeah. Sorry. I'm a, the the women just came home and it's very distracting up there. It's like yeah. multiple little kids. But no, I um Scissor's been a fan of ours forever and, and this is kind of how they operate with the in real world Star Wars and I, I do dig it. It's a I think that's a hot toys, but the angle they took, like you said, it, it kinda makes him look life size. He's regulating the streets in San Fran. So it really is a great Star Wars in real life art piece. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Scissor dot me dot oh no we just on connor's connor was ready to enter the figment five <laughs> challenge for star wars but now that we just made the proclamation save it for the yep, next he, one he's he's holding <laughs> he's holding it back save it for the next one you uh, got the winner <laughs> hey when you when, when oh, you man. see greatness and you know you, you just gotta you just you gotta you call get, it yeah out. you just gotta admit that you've been beat yeah uh, so there we go. Scissor me Xerxes with that awesome in-world Star Wars shot. And then to close out the top five for this week, we have Jedi underscore Knight underscore inside with an awesome shot of our good friend Ahsoka Tano on the battlefield, cutting down droids with explosions in the background. It's always fun when there's an explosion in the background, your heroes facing the camera and just walking away calmly from the destruction. And that's what Jedi Knight inside has given us. Uh, just, yeah, I mean, I always love to see Ahsoka in toy form cutting people up. Yeah, no, this one's great. It's a play on Siege of Mandalore, her grand entrance, if those of you remember from the, the actual animated version. It was, it was even more fantastical than what you got to see. Uh, oh, my God. And Shadow Warrior. Um, just, yeah, great shot. Love the background. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's a mix of, of Digi. And, uh, having practical figures in the foreground really sells that kind of the depth of field you get there. Uh, and it's our girl. I mean, it, one of her best forms. I, I still, I'm going to need to see an Ahsoka the White figure. I definitely love the costume. I think it looks dope as fuck in live action. I want to see what it's going to look like on a figure. But as of right now, 
this is probably still the best Ahsoka Black Series figure out there. The the Siege of Mandalore one. Yeah. Clean as hell. So good shit at Jedi underscore night underscore inside on Instagram. Uh that's the top five. And then that is the end of our show for this week. Woo! My friends. Good Matt, stuff, man. Close us on out. Good stuff. Shit. We almost did the the three hours there. I'm gonna have a few minutes to eat before eight o'clock or no eating for me. Yeah. No, just kidding. I'll I'll break that fucking fast. Just won't eat. <laughs> eat early tomorrow. It's all good. But as Nick said, it's time to put 278 to bed. It was a great time. Really, you know, overanalyzing, as we always do, uh, Ahsoka episode five, the one from a week ago. Kind of giving our thoughts, setting you up for tonight. Don't forget, hell. Just a little over an hour away, depending on where you are in the world, for the Ahsoka Episode 6. We think it's going to lean hard on the bad guys. Uh, I'm hoping for kind of like a, just a fresh perspective right from the get-go. We just get right in with the, the new galaxy, Thrawn, Ezra. Then we check in with the bad guys. Ultimately, maybe a peek with the good guys before it's all over. But we love when you come hang out, so keep going. Keep coming. Keep spreading the word. There's always time for Star Wars Time. StarWarsTime.net is your best resource when you're trying to sell the show, stumping for it, whatever you want to call it. If you've been watching second season of Foundation, I like to think of you as, as my magicians. All right? You, you are the clerics of Harry Seldon, but now you are the clerics of the Star Wars Time show. Go out there. Use some magic. Use some flair. Sell the SWTS. Let everyone know. It doesn't matter when the fuck we broadcast. You're going to get some of the best speculation, insights, deep thoughts, fan fiction. You name it. Anything you would ever want to waste your time on listening to other idiots talk about Star Wars. We're number one. And I'm putting Beyond the Dune see at number 1.5. How's that? Mm -hmm. There's always time for Star Wars time, my friends. Let's keep building it up. Let's have some fun. And special announcement, mostly to prove a point. Nick and I, for at least the last two episodes of Ahsoka, are going to move things to Wednesday. All right? We, we've heard some feedback from a lot of you like, hey, we love you guys, but your show schedule is fucking stupid. It's late. It's old. It's tired. So we're going to do it. Fuck it. You know, the fact that they released the show on Tuesday nights now that opens my Wednesdays a bit more, so I'm ready to give it a try. Even though I'll literally be working all the way up until the 5 o'clock go time, I'm going to do it, and we'll see what happens. I have a, a very, very good idea that it's not going to change a fucking thing. We're still going to have almost no one watching and zero engagement, but, but we'll see, because I do appreciate those of you that tell us we should be bigger than we are and the reason is because our our schedule I, I think it's just me at this point in time so we'll see next week but like i said keep tuned to the socials we mostly communicate tiktok at star wars time show instagram at star wars time dot show and then uh, on twitter fuck x whatever the fuck that stupid ass thing's called these days all right we'll be with you everyone if you want to chat after you watch the episode tonight, I'm more than eager to do so in our Discord. You can get the public link, StarWarsTime.show, Instagram. Just go into our bio, check out the link tree. You'll find it there. You know, let, let's, let's kick the tires on the episode. Let's be fans. Let's have fun. And then tomorrow, or whenever you're listening to this, if you're more of the audio only, you know I'm going to have my 
unscripted one take. That's right. I want to see the rest of you turn on your camera and hit go and speak for 15 minutes straight without stopping. You can't do it. And it doesn't matter because no one gives a fuck. But we know you do. So keep it up. There's always time for Star Wars time. You tell them what they need to hear. If they listen to the Star Wars time show, the force will be with you. Manny Mac, it's dropping 9 P East, bro. 6 Pacific. 8 Central. We think seven <laughs> mountain time. <laughs> but as I was saying, if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you. Not yet. Not yet. Hold on, people. I forgot to switch screens. <laughs> with you. Always. No, not that. <laughs> Always. There we go.